It is revolting. More? Please. Well disaster like eating a burrito before sex hello and welcome to our final episode in our summer series and hello fall weather guys we know we're about a month and a half behind our podcast episode releases but this is our 80th episode for all those that are keeping count this episode is entitled that road trip episode it's a joy ride until you break down all this plus new Kids Corner with Nate, where he continues his franchise reviews of the Predator films with Predators from 2010. Uh, you know, before Tim, I have to ask real quick, not, not to derail this for a minute, but um, oh, you're already—it's it's already it already happened. Go, go I, I on. Know, but I just have to ask it though. Like, is it just me, or has Nate's Kids Corner has been like reviewing Predator almost all the time? I don't know what it is. I just feel like uh, I, I know discussed this uh, movie before. <laughs> I know. Series before. So. He's just he's discussed Predator Predator from 1987 with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Predators uh or Predator or Predators from uh, I guess 1990 1989 or 1989 with uh Gary Busey and all that stuff, yeah. but now I'm like he's he, he gets cut in this like kind of like shtick where he's like I gotta watch all of them I'm like, but you don't. <laughs> You know, I know he's just a kid, but you know, yeah. you always could teach him that yeah. thing called variety. Dude, 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 seriously, I'm trying. I'm seriously, I'm trying. Because I'm like, literally, it kind of gets a little thin after Predator. Predator and Predators 2 is like, oh, it was fun. Predators from 2010. Now, I remember this movie because, real quick, uh, this was the first movie I saw in Romania. In, uh, in the summer of 2010 slash 20, or, 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 or let's say 2010, right? Um, so I've got the ticket where we actually went into a, a mall in Romania and we watched this film. Was it, was, it in English or was it dubbed in Romanian? Oh, I have yeah, to. Christopher. It was um, subtitled in Romanian and shot in English, obviously. Um, and yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> so we saw this. So basically I couldn't understand it. And uh, my, my in-laws and cousins could understand that from afar. It was, it was, it was fantastic. Now the movie itself, hmm, that's, that's up for debate. However, <laughs> but that's more in kids corner. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So, uh, uh, Christopher, uh, we are recording this episode in September, uh, which should have been August. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. still on summer vacation. Yeah. <laughs> but here we are back to record this extremely fun episode. How the hell are you, sir? What have you been up to, my big man? Well, I've been crying for the past, uh, ever since Labor Day, because they closed the pool, because for some ungodly reason, and I'm not saying they 
closed the pool because of the season. That that obviously was coming, but they closed it on Labor Day because oh. they don't have enough lifeguards. Now let me ask you a question, Tim. What kind of lifeguards do you think they had there when it was open? In the beginning? The beginning. Oh, uh, so here's the thing. I, I totally feel you. I feel you on that one. Because uh, but what, but what do you think? What, what was the age bracket, would you say? <laughs> I'd say between 16 and probably 19 or 20 Abs- years old. Absolutely correct. <laughs> golf clap, motherfucker. Golf clap. Golf clap. Yep. And, of course, they most of them either are going back to high school or they're going to college. <laughs> but, Christian, but in our mindset, it's like, Hey, motherfucker, we still got like probably 15 days of fucking great uh, swing weather. So, yeah, um, I mean, and I was off on Labor Day and I was, and, and I got some bike riding in, but my God, it was so hot. Oh. And I'm like, holy shit. And, and yeah, I know, I know, folks, I could just go out in my backyard and turn my own hose on and, you know, spray oh. myself down. But it's, hose you, hose yeah, you. But it's just not the, <laughs> it's, it's just not the same. Yeah, so our our pool, our, our community pool that was about two blocks away, which is is, is a um, homeowners association. We sh- we pay a little extra, right? And uh, the motor kept breaking down all the time, and they said, "Oh, well, now, well, since the motor kept breaking down, like, well, well we're gonna revise that, and we're gonna have you guys." We're going to extend the, um, even if we don't have a lifeguard on duty, we're going to extend the time about another two weeks. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Oh, great, 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 great. But now the weather has turned, and now it's about high of 75. Now, mm-hmm. and now if you're a Minnesotan or if you follow, you're Chicagoan and you're Minnesotan and you're, around that area. Like, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like you don't know what's going on. Right. Because you, you never know. Anyway, it's about a high of right now. And we're recording this episode on September 10th, 2023 at 10, 13 AM. It's right now about 67 degrees. Now, however, the pool is heated, but do you really want to go in? Well, I mean, if it's if it's heated, it's it's heated. It's heated. Don't they do that in Scandinavia? <laughs> it's po- It's possible. It's possible. Anyway, uh, so anyway, back on track. Back on track. Uh, so, uh, Christopher, you were uh in the pool, and now you're not. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, and, and you know, obviously, as the old saying goes, all all good things come to an end. But I mean, there's always next year. But it, yeah, it was just disappointing because it was always open. It was always open, even on labor on labor day and of course now because of a shortage of lifeguards and you know kids going back to school it's like yeah okay i guess we're at the close and it pisses off taxpayers like myself who expected it to be open but nevertheless it is what it is and actually somebody said why don't you go out there and be a lifeguard for them and i said well why do it do it do it i wouldn't even want to help anybody (laughs) drowning i I wouldn't even want to help myself Christopher, I would love to see you on one of those beaches with a whistle and one of those like uh, big uh, uh, what do you call it? The uh, things that David Hasselhoff carried yeah, yeah, in his yeah. hand. And, and, just uh, hear, and hear me like just not even see me telling people to not run. I just be like, yeah, keep going, keep going. <laughs> oh, I would totally play the Baywatch scene behind your photo. <laughs> but besides that, I mean, not much, not much else is going on. Just getting ready for these, um, to, doing these two reviews, and now I'm sure Tim, you. 
you had a lot of stuff going on, but you know, I mean, I'm sure you'll <sighs> enthrall us with just like the, the basics. All right. So <laughs> just to keep this short so we can get, keep this moving. Right. Okay. So, uh, all right. So it's September uh, 10th at, uh, as of this recording. Right. Uh, so, um, my boy who's in uh, Nathaniel, who's in sixth grade, and he does Kids Corner, if you don't know. Anyway, he uh, and this group and his team, they uh, are now currently 2-0 in tackle football. They uh, won their first game on, I want to say, August 30 or 31st, and they won 40 to nothing against the, uh, the, the Saint or the... Uh, the the hold on one second. I'm gonna try to find this real quick. Hold on. Um, if you hear that, that's my old dog Bubbles, who is 16 years old, and she is barking at shadows because she's half blind. But one second, Bubbles, shut up. Uh, but I, who, who am I? Who am I? Who, who am I to? Uh, Bubbles, shut the hell up. Who who am I to tell a senior citizen to shut the fuck up? Other than well, you, shut well, the fuck did, up. Well, I did. did. <laughs> I did. But that's beside the fucking point. Shut up, Chris. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, yeah. I wish I could claim on my tax returns because she that would be fantastic. She's almost nearly 100 in people years. But anyway, so here we go. All right. So my son. Uh, on, oh my goodness, here we go, here we go, uh, I'm scrolling, scrolling, okay, well, that, that was, oh, on 820, oh, so, on, uh, August 24th, 2023, my son and the rest of his team got to play in U.S. Bank Stadium, which, if you're not a football fan, that is the, uh, 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 Minnesota Vikings football stadium, right, and, uh, my son got a sack on the opposing quarterback, which was a lot of fun. However, I did not get that on a video, which was my fault because I was dealing with a, a broken digit in my uh, right thumb. Don't lie, you were drinking. <laughs> uh, no, uh, unfortunately, I wish I was. It was a uh, it was a dry event, and it was completely <laughs> my fault. Because here's the thing: uh, in the uh, in the end of December, uh, end of um, Mar, uh, sorry, August, uh, there was a major storm that came through here, and it destroyed. Uh, my branches destroyed part of my fence. So I went out there a few days later with a handsaw and then I cut my thumb. So it Aww. was a lot of fun. But anyway, so here now, uh, as of August 30th, 2023, uh, we beat White Bear Lake White Bears, which yeah, that, that's a mouthful. We, we beat them 40 to nothing. Then yesterday, my son and his team beat, I don't know who the hell it was. I, I, and I don't mean that as a disrespect. I'm sorry because I'm not. I'm not going to go look for that on my phone right now. But anyway, we beat the, <laughs> we beat this opposing team. We were we were the home team. We beat them thirteen to six. And the only thing that I know of this was that um, that we fumbled like four times and or four or five times. And it was not a really good game. It should have been a much closer game. We should have won probably fifty to six. We ended up winning only thirteen to six. Anyway, but I digress. I digress. Our team is still undefeated. We're two and zero, and uh, and I'm I'm really happy with the coaches. Uh, Nate's doing well on offense and defensive line. Uh, they call them on offensive line. They call them the trench dogs. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's their thing, and then I'm 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 supporting them. <laughs> anyway, 
Anyway, now getting back to the show. Um, so, uh, uh, yes, Christopher, that's all I have right now for this. Um, are a couple of quick things, really quick. So, Chris, I want to give a quick shout out to American Mythology Production. Uh, it's a comic book uh, company. Uh, they are doing some great work right now. I picked up a series called the Silent Night, Deadly Night series based off the 1980 slasher films franchise that you remember i know you do anyway um it's got some extremely great artwork it's a limited series uh and there's uh they're in, currently there's three uh issues of four so the fourth one's coming out uh, this fall so be sure to look out for it i want to say around october november you can probably find them at your local comic book stores sometimes they may not have them and they may have to order them or you can try to find them online but guaranteed if you're a horror fan and you love comics this is an extremely great comic uh, series really violent really beautiful artwork good storyline um, it's just really really fantastic i can't uh, sing its praises enough now uh, american mythology productions also does uh, i think they're doing fright night and i and i, I believe they're doing uh, i think that they've already done or they are doing night of the living dead and there's so many others that um i could not mention right now uh, because I don't remember because well folks my brain's a little foggy and I'm getting old so anyway guys and Chris check this out you will not be disappointed all right yikes almighty uh other than that Chris uh that's all I have oh okay yeah yeah I don't have much on my end too so <laughs> so uh Christopher with that let's head into our kids corner segment where we'll roll that beautiful trailer for breakdown from 1997 and then we'll then you'll Christopher you'll bedazzle us with your fine synopsis right after these fine moments. Well, I don't know if I'll bedazzle you, but hopefully you'll be entertained. You, Christopher, <laughs> you'll bedazzle us and you'll like it, sir. Good day. Hi, I'm Nate, and welcome to Kids Corner with my dad Tim. Hey, that's me. Uh, Kids Corner will cover family-friendly films and TV shows, and maybe not so family-friendly movies. <laughs> so listen in. Sudden there was a light, and then I was falling. Who are you? I was supposed to be executed two days ago. And I was in combat. So was I. Black ops. Who would do this to us? same purpose of being hunted what this planet is the game preserve we're the game
Hello, welcome back to Kids Corner. I'm Nate, and I'm joined by my father, Tim. Hey, bud. How's it going? Good. Now, uh, this episode is getting out a little late, uh, and uh, the school year has already started, and we're in October right now. So, Nathaniel, uh, how is sixth grade treating you so far? Good. All right. I'm glad. Can you care to elaborate a little bit? Very good. <laughs> All right. Well, quite the talker you are for a podcast. <laughs> All right. Nathaniel, can you tell the dealers what will they'll be will, what you'll be covering today? Predators from 2010. Nate, why don't you give a little background information provided to us by the good people over at Wikipedia? Okay. Predators is a 2010 American science fiction action film directed by Nimrod Antonow, written by Alex Levesque and Michael Finch, and was distributed by 20th Century Fox and the third film in the Predator franchise. The film follows an ensemble cast starring Adrian Brody, Topher Grace, Az Braga, Walton Goggins, and Lawrence Fishburne, and follows a group of proficient killers who have been abducted and placed on a planet access game reserve for for two warring tribes of extraterrestrial killers, leading them to try to survive and look for a way back to Earth. All right, so that is the long and short of Predators from 2010. Um, we briefly touched upon uh, when I first saw this film with your mommy and, uh, and uh, our extended family in Romania at a mall, uh, in the, the summer of 2010. And, um, so Nate, what did you uh, think? This is now, I believe this is the third film. Yeah. I said it's the third film in the franchise. So we had predator predator from 1997 and predator two from, or sorry, sorry, predator from 1987 and predator two from, I think 1989. And, um, what did you think of? No, it takes place in 1989. I know. It was filmed in like no, 1986. No, it was, no, it was filmed in 89 and took place in 1999 or 97. Oh. It was a futuristic film based in, in LA. Anyway, now this being, a, this now after watching Prey, the Hulu movie from, uh, I think last year and Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Predators 2 and this film, how would you currently rank them? In order, or well, not, in, 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 in my how, liking, in your liking, correct. So, so my first would probably be Predators, then Prey. So you you like this movie better than Prey? It's just you said Predators. No, no, sorry, Predator. Okay. Then Prey. Okay. Then Predator Two. Then Predators. Okay, so you you like them in the in the way they were released. I said Predator. Yeah, from 87. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. Prey. Prey. Yes. Okay. And then oh, gotcha. Predator 2. G gotcha. And okay. Predators. I'm sorry. I gotcha. 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 Okay. So now, would you say you like uh, Predators more than Predator 2 or less? Because you just said that you like this. Okay. Nate, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, my, your, your old man's brain is a little foggy right now. So... <laughs> For all the uh, slow people, <laughs> including myself, um, what is your ranking qu again? Okay. <laughs> all right. Predator. From 87. Prey. Okay, from Hulu from last year. Got it. Predator 2. Okay. Then Predator. Okay. All right. Cool, cool, cool. I would, I would right now, my ranking would be just a little bit, it's basically the same, but I would just flip-flop 
uh, Predator 2 with Predators. So I like Predators from 2010 a little bit better than Predator 2. Did I say Predator? I can't remember. Boy. <laughs> no, I like Predators. Oh, sorry. Predators. Better, better than Predator 2. 2. Wow. So if you have not followed the, or my train of thought, don't worry because it's very haphazard and was blown up by by uh, bandits on the, in the Old West. <laughs> a, throw, a throwback to Nate's uh, us talking about um, Red Dead Redemption 2 right before we got on uh, online here to record this uh, wonderful podcast segment they are listening to right now and hopefully not tuning out. All right. <laughs> so, Nate, your top three moments of this film. Top three moments. My um, favorite moment is my, my, actually, let's go from least to favorite. All right, so, so, so your least favorite to your most favorite. Okay. Go. My least favorite was probably the entire ship thing with the collector and stuff. I just didn't think it was a really good, a really okay. It was it was an okay scene, but I just it, it just felt really okay. Good. So so it made your top three, but your least is your top three. Yeah. Okay. All right. Number two. Number two would probably be when um the like they start introducing the characters. You oh. know, like when they're all falling from the sky. Okay. Okay. And and then the main character says, because the other guy didn't his parachute didn't pull out. Yeah. It's like his parachute didn't pull out. Okay. <laughs> or so 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 Adrian, you like Adrian Brody's character the best, the lead character, lead, yeah, the lead, I guess, bad guy that uh, it, it's being uh, these criminals that are being forced upon this uh, um, planet planet to survive these two warring extraterrestrial killer type tribes. So um, now these profession, 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 prof, proficient. There you go. Wow, that's a, that's a really tough word to say uh, when you're. Uh, so uh, extra terrestrial. You can't even I, say it. I, you I did know. it the first time. You did it the first time. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. Extraterrestrial killers. Yes, sometimes words are hard, folks. Um, words are hard. I, just, I would rather sleep than talk. All right. So now, well, okay. What's your number one favorite moment? Probably when the original Predator and the Predator with, like, the golden teeth uh -huh. are fighting. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, now I can't really say anything. Um, I don't really have a favorite moment. Though, though. I guess, yeah, my least favorite moment is probably the Lawrence Fishburne character. Uh, who, I think he was a collector, like you mentioned. Yeah. He was in that in the beat-up spaceship. He's, he's kind of going crazy. You know, he was kind of cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um... I, I thought it was a, when I first saw it, and I saw him. I thought, "Oh wow, that's kind of cool." Lawrence Fishburne made like a unexpected cameo, and I'm like, "Oh, boy, yeah, that not, sucked." Yeah, that was uh, less than stellar um, for him. Now, I, I did like them. I did like the idea of these of these um, killers from Earth being. Wait, can I add one more favorite oh, moment? Sure, go ahead. It's your segment. Probably when um, the lady says. You made a friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, anyway, what was I saying, Nate? Oh, yes. The I like the way the the I like the idea of uh, them being these 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 criminals, these killers, being shipped off to another planet for them basically uh, to well be murdered. <laughs> um, because these are not nice people. These are convicted and then killers. The two people that did survive. Yeah. Why in every Predator movie has there been a girl that has always survived? Like in the Predator, it was the hostage that they were rescuing from the. Boot well, camp. you know, at the end of the day, it's a horror movie, and you always need to have a final girl. 
that's 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 the rules, man. That's the rules. There's always got to be a final girl. Like in the movie Final Girl. Yes, in the movie Final Girl, the final girl is the final girl. Yeah. Uh, that's wisdom by Nate, a 12-year-old kid, middle schooler. <laughs> All right. So, so Nate, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the scariest and 1 being the least scary, how would you rate this film being uh, scare factor-wise? Probably... From ten being the most scariest and one not being scary at all. Um, I think I put this around like a three or four. Okay, so uh, and and how do you think the violence was? Was it was it over the top or was it or have you seen gorier? I've seen gorier. But I mean, in this franchise, have you seen gorier? Or is it about the same as a in a level of gore? It's about the same. Okay, so I feel I feel it's a, it, it's not much gorier than. The original. Well, yeah, the original and the maybe maybe Predators two, um, a little less gory than uh, Prey, but you know, but not by much. Uh, Prey wasn't very gory at all, but I, I still dug it. It's not my favorite in the franchise at all. Um, that's to come later on in a future segment when we continue this at another time. Uh, so Nate, would you give this movie a thumbs up? Yeah, I'd give it a thumbs up. Okay, would you recommend this to you, uh, some of your your, your buddies and, and your football team, baseball team, classmates, at middle school? What? Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. I would Fantastic think- insight. I gotta tell you, I am just blown away. <laughs> yes, I would think so. Oh, you would think so. Okay. okay. You always tell me that I talk too much. So, would you rather have me ramble on for something for like an hour? I would, I, I, I would, I would tell you to pull in the reins a little bit, but now I'm, it's like taking, getting, trying to get, get blood from a stone. All right, <laughs> that's fine. Anyway, gentlemen, boys and ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this film is rated R for a reason. Um, it's not meant for little ones, but it's not for your, for your ten year old, eleven year old. I'm sure it's fine. Keep keep the five and six year olds away from it. <laughs> all right, right, Nate. Yeah. All right. Um. So, Nate, can you tell us what you're We'll be recovering on your our next podcast segment. On your next podcast segment. Scream. Scream? Ah! From, from 1996. Ah! The West Craven Classic. All right, so. Who's West Craven or what's West Craven? Ow! Uh, yeah, I just thumped him, ladies and gentlemen. West Craven. Ow! What is Craven? <laughs> All right, he's being a smart ass. No, I really don't know what Craven is. Wes Craven, he is the he is one of the godfathers of horror. He created Freddy Krueger. I have no Nightmare idea no- who the hell that is. Okay, he, if you can't see, he's laughing at me and he's smiling with his <laughs> smiling. He's such a, you're such a shit. <laughs> you're such a shit. I've heard the name before. Okay, all right, all right. You're okay. You're being a banana head now. All right, so Nate, why don't you lead us out? This has been Nate and Tim on Kids Corner. Goodbye. Fantastic. Good afternoon. Good night. Good morning. Goodbye. $90,000 or 90,000 donuts. 
a leisurely cross-country trip. What the hell? What did you do? Hang on, I can't steer. An unexpected breakdown. Can you believe this? A helpful passerby. Folks all right? Our car broke down. I can give you a ride to Bell's, a little diner about five miles down the road. They got a payphone. You call a tow truck. They just come in and haul you out. It could happen to anyone. Excuse me. I was supposed to meet my wife here. It's just dark hair, about 5'5". Five, five. Doesn't ring a bell. Ordinary man. Listen, I, I'm looking for my wife. Look, I don't know how to tell you this, but I've never seen you before in my life. As an unbelievable story. It was him. It was this truck. The police are doubtful. I searched the truck. No sign of a struggle. The locals are suspicious. You know, there's over a hundred thousand people go missing in this country every year, all vanishing without a trace. But he's not worried about the ones who think he's crazy. My wife did not leave me. He's worried about the ones who know he's telling the truth. You the fella looking for his wife? I saw what happened. We're gonna be watching you. When do I see my wife? Tell her not Jeff should start walking. Get down on the ground! Oh, he just runs in on him. Russell. You better pray she's alive. Breakdown. Where is she? All right, Christopher, take it away. All right, well, we are talking about Breakdown from 1997. It's uh, directed by Jonathan Mostow and written by Sam Montgomery and Jonathan Mostow. So uh, Breakdown opens with married couple Jeff Taylor, played by Kurt Russell, and Amy Taylor, played by Kathleen Quinlan, driving their brand-new Jeep Grand Cherokee across cross-country from Boston with the intent of settling down in San Diego. Of course, if you know your thriller genre well then it should be obvious that jeff is about to get a nice taste of rural hospitality after he almost has a run-in with a piece of shit pickup truck driven by some hick named earl played by mc ganey uh taking a brief rest stop at a gas station earl approaches jeff and gives our city boy the usual uh silly hostile threats and meal posturing and whatnot but jeff and amy pay the i'll tell you what yep yep <laughs> But Jeff and Amy pay the cracker no mind and proceed to drive down the narrow road <laughs> off to the promised land. <laughs> I love the way you say you used the word cracker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then the new Jeep begins to malfunction, resulting in Jeff and Amy stopping the Jeep on the side of the road. And as luck would have it, a trailer truck driven by nice guy Warren Red Bar, played by J.T. Walsh. I'll tell you what. <laughs> yep, he just happens to be coming down the road, and a couple and a couple flags him down. Warren suggests that he could take Jeff and Amy to the local diner so they can call for a tow truck. But Jeff says thanks, but no thanks to the offer, as he believes the engine is just overheated and needs to cool down. But Amy suggests that she could go with Warren and Jeff can stay behind and wait for her. So Jeff says okay and stays with the Jeep while Amy hitches a ride with Warren. As time passes, Jeff takes another look at the engine and notices the terminal connections have been unplugged. Once Jeff fixes the issue and the Jeep starts up, he drives to the local diner and asks the owner if he has seen Amy or Warren. 
The owner says he's never seen Amy or Warren, Warren at all. And Jeff begins to wonder wow. what is going on. And he surmises that his wife might have been abducted. Jeff had No way. I know. Holy shit. Mind blown. Uh, Jeff heads back out on the road and manages to find Warren. But once when Jeff asks about Amy, Warren claims he never saw Jeff or Amy before. And despite getting the local police involved, Jeff is told by the authorities they will keep a lookout for her if she turns up. But Jeff suspects there is something else going on, and it, and it might all revolve around Warren Redbar, the truck driver. So, yes, that's that's breakdown. And um, real quick, so I remember this movie coming out back in 97 and seeing oh, the ads for it, but, but I never same. saw it. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, I never, I never saw it. It never, it never really clicked with me. I wasn't really, you know, I gotta be honest, folks. If you ask me, Chris, what was the most uninteresting era for movies it, at the time? I would have said definitely. I would have said the 1990s. Right. Now, oh, no. and, now, you, and, and you, 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 you'd be kind of correct. Yeah. Now, in hindsight, in the case of Breakdown, yeah, there's actually a couple of gems there that got overlooked by yours truly. But nevertheless, I didn't really pay too much attention to this movie. But uh, a, two or three months back this year, I came across a review on this. Oh, movie. yes, we were talking about this out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, on, go on. on Letterboxd by someone, I, I, by someone whose reviews I pay attention to. I won't name the name. It but, wasn't me. Don't worry. No, no, it wasn't you. And it was not Mark L. Rissman either. I don't think he wrote, reviewed this, but it was some other person. But anyways, they reviewed it and they were like, you know, yeah, this is actually pretty good. One of those movies that, you know, and it, it, I believe it did very well at the box office, but it kind of sort of got overlooked as the years went by. But anyways, so I'm like, hmm, I guess I better check this out. So I watched this movie with a close family friend and and I, I was, I really enjoyed it. So then Tim suggests like, like a month ago, that yeah. we're going to do this episode. unrelated unrelated by the way unrelated yeah yeah yeah. but tim says you know we're going to review breakdown from 1997 I'm like oh i just saw that movie <laughs> i i just bought that movie <laughs> <laughs> but i but i but okay so i really but watching it again i enjoyed it the second time yeah it, it is very good we'll get into the nuts and bolts about it but yes this is i think a pro but uh, I will say this, this movie reminds me, you know, in today's era of, of, you know, thriller movies, this movie could have been made today, except it would be a VOD movie or movie oh, on demand. You really think so? Okay, yeah. go on. Go, yeah. Oh, no, no, go on. I'm, I, yeah, 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 let me yeah. follow your train of thought. I'm, yeah, go on. Featuring the likes of either Devin Sawa in the main role or... If they're lucky, John Cusack or Liam Neeson with the bad guy probably being played by a slumming Bruce Willis for one day's worth of work. And I'm talking about slumming Bruce Willis back when he was doing this since 2010. We, we, okay? we, 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 we cannot we cannot, we cannot speak of ill of Bruce Willis right now. Just because well, <laughs> I know. But but he's not getting off the hook that easy with me because he was doing the one one role. He was doing the one day wonders since 2010. So, yeah. I mean, OK, go so, so, um, so, continuing so, on. So, OK, so he ain't getting away with it that easy. But and this would also feature Bush League crappy CGI that would have been like great in 1997. <laughs> <laughs> this was released in 97. <laughs> no, no, but I'm talking about if Breakdown was made today. Yeah, okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Okay, okay. Because it reminded me so much of like these 
Fair enough, fair enough. Okay. DOD thriller action movies featuring Liam Neeson or Devin Sawa or John Cusack. I have a special skill set. I will find you. (laughs) Right, 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 right. And of course, we have a slumming Bruce Willis playing the J.T. Walsh role. So that's that's what I mean. But, But this was made in 1997, back in the day when, you know, they spent more than like three weeks making this movie and featuring actual stunt work and, you know, cars actually crashing and... Some miniature work, yes, but at the very end, which is totally noticeable, just FYI, I'll take that over the Bush League CGI. But anyways, you know, a perfect movie of its time that you can watch today and really enjoy, (laughs) you know, and actually remind yourself of the time when movies like this, which are now relegated to VOD standards, used to play in theaters nationwide. (laughs) Yeah, oh no, totally, totally, totally. So, so, I mean, that's my take on it, Tim. So, let's hear yours. All right, so here's the thing. So, I remember watching this movie actually because at the time, my best friend, and still my best friend, honestly, uh, he moved from, honestly, uh, uh, Woodbridge, Illinois. And uh, it was actually from Ohio. And he, in the, and when he was in high school, he, he, he worked part-time or full-time slash whatever it was for the, uh, for the, uh, this theater. Right. <clears throat> so he got me in for free. We got popcorn, whatever it is. We watched it. And I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the film. Now <clears throat> he has since moved on to greener pastures with, uh, in, in Florida. And, uh, he has, uh, married a wife and he's got two daughters and, it's great. Uh, he's great. Uh, but this film, I remember watch. I remember seeing this film. I'm like, I'm not thinking much of it because I'm like, in the 1990s, I'm like, I really want to see more Quentin Tarantino esque films like Reservoir Dogs. And then yeah. before and before this film, I think I want to say, God, I want to say, I want to say, I'm not 100 percent sure because it's been a while. But I want to say, From Dusk Till Dawn was released before this, correct? Yeah, it was. I it was. It was. Anyway, so films like this. So I, I've watched a lot of different movies back in the late or mid nineties. That I, it, now this kind of kind of overlapped. Anyway, I remember really enjoying this film, right? Uh, but then it kind of went away for a while, and then I'm like, and then I was just recently thinking in the last couple of years or, or more, maybe not, maybe less, right? I'm like, holy crap, we should do a road trip. We should do some sort of like movie like Duel and uh, Joyride and this film and blah, blah, blah. There were, there were a ton of Christine and there was a ton of different movies like and we'll get we'll get there eventually. Right. But I'm like, what can we do for a really kind of fun summer esque like kind of scary story? Right. So yeah. I'm like, I thought, oh, perfect. This film breakdown and joyride. Yeah, and there's nothing scarier than like no, because playing, you're just, nothing scarier than a husband and wife whose wife gets abducted well, supposedly well, or and, whatever. And here, it, Unless you want to get rid of your wife, right? Well, here's the thing: we, we, we've we've done we've done we've we've done trips, slasher films in the past. We've done other things, but this is something almost like realistic, almost. Some are semi-realistic or slash realistic films. Yeah, I would I would say it's a little more mature. Yeah, compared to the standards, yeah. the standards and practices yeah. of say like a, a slasher abduction. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure, for so, sure. Yeah, yeah. This film, and I feel like uh, honestly, the last couple of films we reviewed, I want to say like even uh, summer of '84 and the uh, um, other film, like we, I think we've really kind of 
these are more mature films. These are not something that's like straight up like words, like blood and guts. Say, yeah, you're trying to say we've come of age. <laughs> kind of, <laughs> but the, kind of, kind of. But then you realize what I've got planned for the next few episodes. I'm like, oh well, you're completely, uh, uh, you're, you're 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 nuts. <laughs> I know. I was going to just say, don't worry, folks. We're going to be. We're, we're going. We're, we're going back to eighth grade humor that, for the next episode. That that that, that pendulum is swinging swingly from right to left. I'm like, it's it's but fine. I, but I think that's what makes our episodes great. Well, it's that, just, that's it, and that, it's, uh, it's not just the variety, but make people wonder. Well, these guys are going to review some. No. Silly... Oh, actually, no. No, we're no fuck you. We're we're going to go great. dark. We're going to go super duper dark. <laughs> And they're like, wow, these guys must really be turning around. Nope. No. Some silly piece of shit that you probably won't watch. Right, exactly. So anyway, 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 I, I love you, Chris. I, I love where you're going with this. But okay, so now let's get back on the track. Okay, so now uh, um, uh, uh, Kathleen Quinlan and uh, uh, Kurt Russell are in this uh, – I, what kind of a jeep, right? Yeah, They're in jeep, a jeep. I think it's jeep, a jeep Jan Cherokee, Cher- 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 yeah, and, with and, leather seats because that's what uh, um, MC McGinley said uh, something about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and so based, yeah, it, so it opens with the two characters, Jeff Taylor played by Kurt Russell and the the wife Amy played by Kathleen Quinlan. Um, they're out on the road. Um, I, I have to ask though this. I, I I don't think we really get to know much about them except they're leaving San Diego. No, right. I'm sorry, they're leaving Boston and going to San Diego. Right for for but, Jeff's job. Yeah, for which we have no idea what that is. And well, he's a donut king, but that's more more on that later. Donut king because I don't think they they I don't think they <laughs> really established that well. Well, we'll talk about that when that comes up. But right, right, right. They, they, it's not really established that that's what he's involved with. He's just. He's going to go to this new job, they, but they've blown most of their money on this new car, <laughs> apparently, from what we can make out. Right. As much as I do like Kurt Russell and Kathleen Quinlan in this movie, I do kind of wish for, for, the, the, for their characters, we were a little more invested in their background. Because, like I said, they're just a, basically a married couple going right. cross country from Boston to San Diego. And you could argue, well, that's all you need to know, but I'm like, well, I'd like to know a little more about their, their reasonings, but nevertheless. So yeah, we didn't, we never really get that. We never get that. We yeah, never yeah. Get that. But you know, but nevertheless, so they're out, dri- they're out driving and Kurt's c- character is behind the wheel and he's, he reaches for something, but he's not paying attention. And he almost runs into the, the, to this, basically this piece of shit pickup truck that comes out of nowhere. And but here's the thing is if you, if you watch this, that piece of shit truck came like literally they cut him off. Like they, yeah. we, they, they were in the wrong, but go on. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Russell's character is totally in the wrong here. He, he made a mistake, but, but no, no, Russell. No, no, oh, wait, no, no, he, no. Wait, 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 MC McGraney's character was in the wrong. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought Ru- Kurt Russell, no, Kurt Russell was driving on the road. This guy fucking cut him off. Like, oh, okay. Let, let, right, let's be, right, let's, right. let's, let's be very clear no, on this, right. but yeah, yeah. No, you're correct. I, I got that mixed up. Oh, anyways, no. I'm, I'm going to need that because I'm never correct. So I'm going to need to hear that in slow motion. Don't worry, Chris. Tim, you were correct. Thank you. Yay. Cause I'm married and I'm never correct, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So then, you know, Russell says to his wife, you know, Hey, let's go stop right. some gas. So they get some gas. And, um, now, now this, this is confusing to me. This is, oh, go on. This is confusing yeah, well, to me. Well, 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 it'll come up later, but basically we don't see them, but 
it just cuts to them at the gas station and Russell comes out of the, the, the store and walks over to the to his Jeep and he's with gonna pump it with gas. Right. He's got he's got gas and he's got like some sort of uh fluid for his windshield wipers and whatever and, 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 and totally fine because this is a like last stop in the middle of fucking bumfuck nowhere. But- yeah, yeah. And then of course the um the truck the truck driver that that, that no the pickup truck driver that almost hit him played by um uh, oh God, I'm forgetting the M- name. M- MC, MC McGrady. M- MC Gainey, yeah, yeah. Which is, he's, he's another fantastic character actor. Like, you're going to see him in a lot of different movies and a lot of different TV shows. Oh, and yeah, he, Con Air. He, uh, he, Con Air. even on Lost. Oh, oh yeah. He was also in Dukes of Hazard. He played the sheriff in the yeah. Dukes of Hazard film. No, he always plays the heavy. He always plays this, like, bad dude and fucking just kind of, he plays kind of an asshole. Let's yeah, just put it that way. Per- perfect, perfect rural, you know, if you want to use the word white trash, you know, bad guy, if you want to play that part. Ding so, dong, shithead, fuck knuckle. Yeah, yep, that's so, him. But go but, on. So his character sees Russell pumping the gas and he's like, oh, yeah, you, that's a nice fancy car there. Why are you driving that out here? You know, the basic. Hey, you know, you cut me off, you dickhead. You know, yeah, the basic. That, the basic bullshit threats coming from some dude that's driving a piece of shit pickup truck. Yes, we, we've we've seen that before. On a Leather movies. seat, seat. <laughs> le- Christina, uh, Chris, I called you Christina, my wife. Chris, leather seats, CD player. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. You you got the works, homie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, just it, it's it's totally one oh one from like any movie in which a character from like the city or whatever or some urban area comes cross country and runs into some redneck or whatever that gives them shit about their new fancy car. We've seen it before, folks, but it never gets old. <laughs> Not so, in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, so, so of course Russell just fucking ignores him and and then uh, his wife amy kathleen quinlan's character comes out of the store and she's like what's that all about and he's like nah nothing let's just go i've got so my get, nipples yep yep <laughs> so they get they get in the, the jeep and they're driving and now there's this moment where they're talking about like you mentioned the donuts okay the, the donuts there's like a pack of donuts and it says you have a chance to, if, to win Ninety thousand dollars. She she buys some snacks yeah. at the at the gas station, right? And yeah, 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 yeah. We're, 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 go continue on. Yeah, yeah. But the the gag was that it says in the wrapping, enter to win a prize of either nine ninety thousand dollars or ninety thousand donuts. Okay, keep that in mind, folks. That's a very weird plot point that comes in later in the movie. But nevertheless, and so not that, much further. Yes. <laughs> but so then, as they're driving, all of a sudden. The council goes haywire and it's saying that the you know there's a problem with the brakes, there's a problem with the engine, there's a problem with all sorts of shit. And the whole the whole thing fucking shuts down on them. Thing shuts down. And of course, you know, Russell pulls the car over and the, he gets out and he's looking at it and he's trying to figure out what's going on. And, and and you know, and again, even though we don't know much about their characters, I do like the way how Kurt Russell and Kathleen Quinlan sort of like play off against each other. Right. Oh no, they're fantastic together. They're, yeah, they're... yeah, yeah. So they make they make a very likable characters, at least in terms of their attitudes and and the way how they deliver everything. And then of course the piece of shit pickup truck driven by MC um, uh, MC Ganey 
drives past them. Yeah, they course. speed past them like like like, and like like a dickhead. Like they're trying to hit them almost, but yep, they're boom, yep. they're boom, they're gone. And, yep, but the truck turns around down all the way on the street and is just watching. Uh huh. Yes, 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 yes. Like, yes. And I like how they're both like they're worried, but they're not overly worried. They're kind of just like, hmm, why is that truck turning around and just staring at us out in the middle of the right. road? But then, something weird's going on here. And then all of a sudden, an eighteen wheeler pops up. Yep, and we are introduced to the driver of that 18-wheeler is Warren Red Bar, played by J.T. Walsh. Good guy, good guy. Yeah, oh, and I believe this was technically his last movie. He died in 98. Um, He had done two other films that were released posthumously. He did. did. This is the last one that was... uh, It was released when he was alive, basically. Well, it was released, yeah, when he was alive... But he, and then he died shortly thereafter. There was other films that he did, yes. But this was yeah, it was two other ones. I'm yeah. yeah, but before he passed away, this was released. Yes. Yeah, and you know what? It's a shame that he passed away in ninety. Oh, he because, because honestly, the I, guy. I, 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 okay, Chris, real quick. Honestly, I love J.T. Walsh. I thought he was a fantastic heavy. I thought he was the epitome of bad guy. He was the when you saw him on screen, you know you're gonna get like you know you know you're gonna hate him he for some reason. Of, he was really he was gonna of, be a dick for some yeah, reason. He was kind of up there with like Powers Booth and you know f- playing like these every men dickheads like like yeah, literally like. like yeah, like every every men characters, but we're basically dickheads, you know. I mean, he could, you know. Oh no, it, he, yeah. I mean, like him and the the guy from Ghostbusters, like literally that that was. Oh yeah, William Atherton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm like, like yeah. and Die Hard. Fuck those two guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but nevertheless, I mean, um, if 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 J T. Walsh was alive today. I oh. honestly feel he would have had an incredible career sur- oh. resurgence doing movies, doing shows like Yellowstone. and Oh, totally, you know, totally. And, and, I mean, I, I, I kind of think that it seemed like during this era of the late 90s, it was sort of like happening for him. I mean, he was doing movies, I think, since the late 80s. So Right, right. No, he was he was always in demand. Let's not, let's not like discount what he was doing because literally he was always in demand. But yeah, I totally get what you're saying, Chris. This guy would totally be hot right now. Yeah, like, he would have been in Justified. Um, he would have been in, I mean, he would have been in a lot think, of here, here, Here's the thing. <laughs> Is this, this, this man could totally take on a role. Yeah. And you could see him as being like a father figure kind of, but then also being that dickhead that wants to just screw everyone well, in part in, in sight. Like literally, I mean, he he could do he could do every anything. Like I mean, and th- and that's a credit to his uh, his acting skills. I'm like, yeah, and, and it's great you mentioned that because he is pretty much the dual character in this movie, as we find out later oh, on. You know, yeah. But at any fuck rate, that, <laughs> fuck that guy, but fuck him more. Yeah. <laughs> But at any rate, so he comes over and he's all Mr. Nice Guy. And, it's you know, like, oh, yeah, it must be this, this, this and this. But you know what? I can take you down to Sonny's, you know, diner. Yeah. What? So the, the plan is, is that Warren's character says to him, says to, to Jeff and Amy, you know, hey, look, it's a couple more miles down to the nearest diner. You know, I can take you there on my on my on my, tr- my, on my route, uh, my, my route. yeah, on my route. Because I'm going route. to X Y Z. I forget yeah. where he's going. Drop you off, and you know, have have you guys call for a tow truck? And folks, remember, this was '97. This was like pre cell phone. No, 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 no. They had cell phones because remember, Jeff had a cell phone that wasn't oh, working okay, correctly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but they were not the cell phones that we know of today. Right. No, but, oh, okay. Not even the iPhone. <laughs> yeah. But you know what, Chris, it's funny you mention that because honestly, I think there's still places like this where even if you have a 5G network, you're still, there's still going to be 
spots where it's going to be places where you maybe a, a, a stretch of road of 20 miles or so where right. you're not going to have cell phone reception. You're not going to have CB reception. You're not going to have nothing. Right. And that's what I think kind of makes this film timeless is because there's certain parts. That, yes. Well, you see Jeff on his cell phone, even though it's a brick cell phone and, and you yeah. see whatever it is. But here's the thing is even now, there are certain parts, like even taking my son yesterday to football practice, there was a time where I lost cell phone reception for about 10, uh, 5, 10 minutes. Like, well, that just goes to show you the, the, the supposed advancement of our technology. Right. Uh-huh. So, e- e- <laughs> so even now, even what I'm trying, even now in 20, what, 23, and this movie was made in 1997, there are going to be certain dead spots. Now, how those uh, people, like, like uh, GT Walsh's character use those dead spots is a different story. <laughs> yeah. But now, anyway, so, yeah, yeah. Pay, pay phones are more prevalent. Yes. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it's, they're not because pay phones were, I'm like, I would in 1997, 1996, I was, I, I would always, and even before that, my, my folks would give me like three to four quarters and put in my pocket so I could use the pay phone in case I needed to call them. And that's when you need to know your own, yeah. your home phone number, which Okay, kids, ladies and gentlemen, do you really know your home phone number without looking at it? I can tell you mine. Can you tell me yours? And I don't want to know. I really, I really don't want to know it for security purposes. I don't need to know it. But, however, but just think about it. Do you know it? Anyway, go on, Chris. <laughs> no, so, no, you're absolutely correct. But I was, I was going to say, um, so... <laughs> So Jeff basically turns down the offer. You know, he says, right. no, I think the car is just overheated. We're going to stay here and we're going to wait. But of course, and of course, Warren walks back to his truck and says, okay, well, you know, that's fine. You know, just good luck out here. I'm right and, here. You know, it's three miles down the road. It's not far, you know, basically yeah. just reassuring like, look, it's your decision. However, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a 5k basically yeah. down from, from where you're at to where, uh, Sonny's diner or whoever's diner it was, but going on. So, uh, so, but, but Amy says to Jeff, Hey, you know, look, I can just go with him, you know, and you can stay here with the, with the Jeep and everything and just wait. And, and of course, you know, Russell's character kind of sort of is like, yeah, I don't know he's apprehensive that. at first. He's apprehensive, yeah. but then, like the guy seems nice enough. I'm like, yeah, if I was uh, Russell, I would have said, no bitch, you're staying here with me. Cause it's who fun- knows, who knows you may get kidnapped. I mean, you know, <laughs> stop. you know, I would be like, stop and think about this. You might get kidnapped by this guy. We don't know who he is. Well, you're, 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 you're going off last month's episode, but sure. Go on. 1984. I don't want to hear any bullshit about this being, you know, I'm being a a male chauvinist or whatnot, but. Oh no, you're, you're saying fuck here because I don't want to see you get kidnapped. And then all of a sudden I'm out here in the desert holding up this Jeep. Cheap right, but nevertheless, with the leather seats and CD player, come on, come on, come on, Chris. Yeah, it's, it's just never, it. right, right. But nevertheless, he decides, okay, hey, if you want to, that's fine. Go ahead, I'll wait out here. And of course, she goes. So then, Jeff well, gets, you you kind of see Jeff's Jeff's dilemma. Like, okay, he's, she's going to wait at a diner three down three miles down the road with a lot of people, and you know, like, yeah. I'm like, I I I kind of get where he's coming from, and I kind of get where you're coming from. I'm like. But yeah, if it was, but hindsight being twenty twenty, but yeah, that's a yeah, whole different thing. But, but at any rate, so then. But yeah, go on. Some, some, so a couple hours pass or whatever. And then Jeff is, 
takes a look at his car again, and he notices that the the uh, terminals underneath the car, were which unfunded. is weird, which is weird because my thing is like, okay, so I, I totally get him stopping for gas and stopping for fluids and you know gassing up and topping off everything, right? But Jeff and his wife are completely always 100% with Jeep, right? Well, yes, but then later on we find out they weren't exactly. So just pay, keep in mind, remember, when they were at the gas station, you know, it cuts from them right. on the road she, to she, the gas station. She, she, she comes from the gas station with the donuts, but I'm like, there's always yeah, someone then, there. But, right, but then Jeff first came out of the gas station getting that fluid. That's that's true, that's true. So 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 just keep that in mind folks because they okay. do explain this. But nevertheless, so it's it's, it's very very it's extremely brief because extremely yeah, yeah, brief. Yeah, you got to really keep an eye I on that. I I feel I feel like they should have extended that scene just for all of, all of us dumbasses like myself because I'm like <laughs> Whereas Chris figured it out quite easily. Well, here's the thing: is I figured it out. But here's the thing: is you shouldn't have to figure it out. Like there, there was a, there was, there was a, a small window. But we're, but continuing on, going, Chris. So, anyways, so Jeff sees these terminals underneath the car that were unplugged, and he puts them back to back. It plugs them back in. Eureka! Eureka! <laughs> the car starts up just fine. Oh, okay, no problem. So now he drives over to the diner where his wife is supposed to be calling a tow truck and he goes inside and he talks to the owner and it turns out that the guy never even saw Amy or Warren there at all. Right. Hey, and, and, shocker! And, and, She's missing! And the thing, <laughs> and this fucking dick, this dick knuckle, this fucking chuck knuckle, this fucking fuck knuckle is like giving him attitude. Like, literally. Well, he is also uh, cooking the food, too. If you notice, he doesn't exactly have the most proficient uh, diner staff there. No, <laughs> that that is true, but he's, he's kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah. Well, but then also it's that classic, you know, you know, this is the country boy. We all trust each other out here. What are you? What are you doing? Right. What, 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 what I love is that there's eventually. I figure if it's the second time or third time he comes back to the diner, and there's this guy drinking a beer. He's like, "Well, did you check the ladies' room?" Yeah. <laughs> well. Well, that would have never dawned on me, dickhead. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. And then, and then, and then later on, he's like. He notices the um, the food receipts and the, right. you know the receipts, and he's asking the guy, "Hey, let me see your receipts because if my wife was here, you're writing your name down on everything, even yeah, if it's a yeah, BLT." Yeah. And you of know, course the guy chooses not to give him the receipts, and I do believe he pulls a gun out when yeah. Jeff, which which seems which, which seems kind of hostile for someone who doesn't have a gun and just wants to see the receipts. That yeah. seems kind of like mean. Right, apparently, right. <laughs> more 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 no, than ahead. it should be. You know more. more you know, but go on. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so, so Jeff decides, okay, you know what? I'm just going to go out and try to find the truck and, or go out on the road and maybe go to the next place over. Maybe they didn't stop over here. So he then see he's out driving and then he sees Warren's, you know, truck. big rig wheeler out there and he manages to like flag him down. Oh, not like, well, he, he, he got in front of him and like kind of pulled on the brakes. Like he's like, yeah, Hey, you stopped down because he, cause he, he, he pulled up a side of him and he was waving. He's talking to his horn. Like, Hey, Hey buddy, you, you remember me? Like blah, blah, blah. Like, like almost like, Hey, not being mean, but just like, Hey, like I see you, you see me, whatever. And then he rips in front of him because he wouldn't slow down. And then and he throws on the brakes and then, Oh, what happens next, Christopher? Oh, yeah. So then he gets out, 
and he says, and, and Jeff is talking to Warren and Jeff tells him, you know, Hey, do you know where my wife is? And Jeff, uh, Warren, of course, now is like, I've never seen you or your wife before. And he's like, yeah, you just saw me 45 minutes ago. You dickhead, you know, and he's like, no, no, I didn't see you at all. Or, and then, and then suddenly a police, a local police car comes up just in time, uh, with the, uh, I believe the, um, convenient, convenient. I mean, yeah, with the, uh, I believe it was the sheriff or was it the deputy? No, it was I, a, no, the sheriff, there was a sheriff because the deputy was back at the uh, station. Oh yeah. Yeah. Giving the sheriff, it, yeah, yeah. The sheriff. Sheriff, Sheriff Boyd, played by another character actor, Rex Lynn, gets out and, you know, decides to uh, intervene and tell Warren, okay, well, why don't you open the back of your truck so we can see if you've got something in there? And he opened it up and there's nothing. And I believe they even look in the back of another section of the truck where, you know, um, uh, Walsh's character would probably use as like, he's got like an area cordon off where he would use as a bed or something like that. Right. You know, in case if he's out long, late at nights out in the road, doesn't have to pay for a hotel or anything, but basically, you know, uh, Amy is not there at all in the, uh, in the yeah. truck. So of course it so, corroborates, so he, uh, Walsh, uh, JT Walsh's character of saying, no, I've never seen you or your wife here before, sir. Fuck off. Right. <laughs> and, and of course, Kurt's character is not taking too well to that because he knows what happened. And yes, we, the audience too, also know what happened. <laughs> right. Right. So, Even though we don't know what happened, we know well, what happened. I know. We just, we know that they did see Walsh's character. Basically. Oh, for, oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> so of course, of course, Sheriff Boyd tells Jeff, okay, look, we're going to go back to the station. You can fill out a missing persons report. You know, do all that shit. And, of course, that's what Russell's character does. And, you know, they tell him, okay, well, if we hear anything, we'll get back to you. You know, there's, you know, I mean, some people go missing and you're just going to have to give us never, time. Yeah, yeah. So, so, sometimes it's never found. My, oh, uh, a sticking point, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, when you hear that, that's like, oh, great. So not only. Well, all that, well, that's fun. Apparently, you're really, really bad at your jobs. <laughs> You you, you so, how much do you suck? you suck very much? <laughs> so now uh, Jeff is back out in the road, and as I mentioned, we mentioned earlier, he goes back to the diner and he's asking them questions all over again. He tries to look at the receipts, and the the asshole owner points well, a gun at him and gun. tells him, yep. "No, no, no, he pulls a gun. He pulls, yeah, a, pulls gun. a gun. Yeah, yeah." And then Russell leaves the building, but then he's but then as he's going outside, uh, he ends up being overhearing this kid named billy played by jack noseworthy who's supposedly who's you know basically not all quite there in the head right kind of kind of giving some cryptic clues that maybe he saw something oh and that that kid was fantastic by the way yeah yeah well because not only does he fool russell but he fools the audience once we get later on in the movie oh totally totally fooled me (laughs) so you know, Russell's trying to get more information out of him, but the kid, because of his slow, na- mentally slow nature, is like kind of being a little more cryptic. So Russell gets back in his Jeep and drives down the road and is going to try to try to, you know, get in touch with somebody on his brick cell phone that's hooked up to the car. <laughs> to the car. <laughs> Um, you know, calling on the F- friend that supposedly knows somebody in the FBI, and while he's driving, he comes across. Oh, and, and I want to, and I'm, honestly, I want to know more about that too. Yeah, yeah it's because that's too. something that's not really uh, uh, um, like I know he, he he talks to this guy on the phone. He's like, and I, I want to know more about what Jeff knows. <laughs> 
But nevertheless, so then Jeff comes across a, uh, a, a part of the road that's been cordoned off because there was a rock slide. And then he's going to turn around. And then suddenly uh, MC Ganey's character and his pickup tr- shitty pickup truck shows up and he steps out with a rifle in hand and is about to shoot Kurt. <laughs> Kurt now all of a sudden there's like a high speed chase sequence where Kurt crashes his, his uh, Jeep into the, uh, the, the river and then yeah. manages to get out and escape. And then all of a sudden, another uh, store, a storage van, a storage truck comes up with this other character named Al, who, you know, they they decide to take out um, um, the the jeep in the river, but they're trying to find Russell's character, and and then eventually Russell gets knocked out by who? I don't know who. It was the kid Billy. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> right. The the what the the the. Uh, the... I know, I'm using this word just strictly as from 1997. Well, so it, it, ah, come on, just say it. I mean, retard. You, you, yeah, you don't mean it to be mean. It's just I, 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 I'm not mean. I'm not mean to be mean. Mental, I, if you, yeah, retarded. Mentally retarded. Simple, mental, mentally challenged. Mentally retar- challenged. It yeah. all falls under the same umbrella. Right. Yeah. You know? So he is mentally challenged. What was portraying a mentally challenged slash retarded person, and uh, this guy but was we, not. <laughs> yeah, as we found out, this kid. Billy was a pretty damn good actor. Oh, He's yeah. He's actually got all of his faculties in order. Fooled the fuck and, out of me. <laughs> yeah, and as it turns out, what did I say? Oh, oh yes, Amy has been abducted. Shocker. Right. <laughs> quite, quite, the, quite the Scooby-Doo mystery, wouldn't you say, Tim? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it turns out, yes, J.T. Walsh's character is involved in this. Uh, now, they mentioned something about how his wife said that he's that Russell's character is the quote unquote donut king going back to that right. wrapper of donuts saying, right. You, you yeah, now you had, you had to you had to pay special attention because this was a conversation between uh, uh, Kathleen Quinlan and Kurt Russell's characters uh, talking about, Hey, would you, would you want ninety thousand dollars or ninety thousand donuts? And... Yeah, but this is the thing, and this is why it kind of threw threw me off. Even watching this the second time, they say that his wife told them that he was the donut king. Told J.T. Walsh and his henchmen right. that Russell is the donut king involved in this thing, and that he can get them the ninety thousand dollars that they're asking for. Right, and I'm like, well, that's got to be a stretch because. How would she know that Russell's character, after hit Russell hearing about this, would just easily go along with it? Like, yeah, I yeah, I am the Donut King. Ninety thousand dollars, you know, I'll get you ninety thousand dollars. Right. And it's like, if I was him, I would be like, what the fuck is my wife talking about? I'm not the Donut King. You're right. Well, I wouldn't yeah. necessarily say it aloud like that, but I would be like, yeah, hey, look, I think my wife is mistaken. I mean, I'm certain that you've panic the shit out of her where she's going to say whatever she wants but nevertheless so now the plan is that walsh's character tells russell that he's going to have to go to the bank to pull out the 90 grand and you're not going to be able to call for the police because the deputy and the sheriff are going to be informed that there was an accident out on the highway and that's about 45 minutes away from town so you've Convenient. got plenty of time. Yeah. So you've got plenty of time to go down there and get this money 
And if you tell anybody what's going on, we're going to have our eyes peeled out for you. You know, we're going to kill you and your wife, too. So it's like and of course, Russell's character is like, you know, look, man, you don't have to do this. And of course, they're, they're telling him, no, you have to do this. We don't have much time. So get get moving. Right. So Russell goes to the bank and he's trying to. And of course, he's got like scar marks on his face, and, they, and he's wearing a, a, a beat up jacket, and he's talking to the bank manager. <laughs> I love how the bank manager's like, "Are you all right, sir? Is, is everything okay?" And Russell's like, "No, everything's good. Just listen. Can you like take out some money from my credit card or something like that?" Right, you know? right, right, right. And, and then at one point, he and I thought this scene was pretty good. He's like going to try to tell him like what's going on, but then some like stranger comes up beside him. And he's like telling telling the bank manager, "Hey, are you the bank manager? Are you the one that I got to talk to for about a loan?" And the bank manager's like, "Yeah, on a car, yeah, yeah, yeah." So he says, "Yeah, just have a seat." He's totally freaked because you know he was because what JT Walsh said is like, "We we've got eyes on you." Yeah, we know every move you're gonna make. So now he is like super duper fucking freaked, especially when this guy comes through. Yeah. So at any rate, you know, Russell's gonna try to tell him, but then he's like you know what, just forget it. It's not important, basically. So then Russell, while, while the bank manager says, I'm going to see what I can do about getting you the money, and Russell's character goes to the bathroom. And for a moment there, I think he was like trying to find like a weapon or something in there, like at one point. Yeah, he was, he, he was looking for something, but there was nothing there. Yeah, there was nothing in there, nothing. So then he ends up going back to the desk, and he sees the... Um, it's the uh, oh god the it, it's money ribbons that's used to you know oh pack, yeah you know. the um yeah the, the um yeah I know what you're talking about the, like the uh, little sleeves like uh, yeah yeah go on, go on so so Russell has this intuitive idea which we don't know about yet but he takes them and puts them in his pocket as well as a little uh, letter opener knife that he shoves underneath the sleeve of his of his of his uh, jacket sleeve yeah so then it cuts to outside the bank Russell's got the money. And then all of a sudden, there's a phone booth that all of a sudden is just the phone is ringing, and Russell just slowly walks up to it and answers it. And it turns out it's um, JT Walsh on the phone telling him, you know, mm-hmm. do you got the money? And he goes, Yeah, I got the money. Yes, folks. Even pay phones back then were the burner phones of the 90s. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you, know you actually could call from one pay phone to the next. <laughs> Shut up, Chris. <laughs> yeah, especially, especially, so, especially Russell's character was as soon as he walks out of the building, all of a sudden there's his phone ringing and he's just looking over at like, what, should I answer it? <laughs> uh-huh. But nevertheless, so Ru- they tell Russell, just keep walking down the road and we'll meet up with you. So he's walking down the road, and then, of course, um, Earl, played by MC Ganey, shows oh, up to get inside. He's still, still one of my favorite character actors. Like, like yep. literally, like, to this day, he's he's phenomenal. Yep. But go on. Yep. yep. And then, of course, I, I love it. What What's the best way to to strap somebody down if you don't have handcuffs, Tim? Uh, tie him down. Yeah, tie him down. Yeah. What did he use? Uh, rope. No, he used duct tape. Remember? Oh fuck yeah, <laughs> duct tape. Yeah, just duct yeah. tape. And yeah. that comes in, and that comes in a big play later on. Sorry, my my bad. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I I yeah. drew a blank, but go yeah, on. Yes. Just, if you don't have rope or handcuffs, just use duct tape. So, so duct uh, tape is amazing. Yeah, so, so Earl ties Russell's arms behind and him. mouth. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, he, no, the mouth. Oh, oh not yet. Yeah. Sorry, so, I'm, I'm jumping ahead, but go on. So of course, you know, but 
or although Jeff has the letter opener under the sleeve of his of his of his, of his jacket sleeve, yeah. so he's like cutting open the tape, and then Earl is looking at the money, and of course it looks like it's in hundreds. But what Russell did was he took a bunch of ones, a bu- yeah, a bunch of ones, and put them in the middle to make it look like. <laughs> Yeah, there are a bunch of uh, dollars in it. A very, a very standard uh, fake out. Yes, yeah, very yes. fake out. And I love how that guy is like, "Hey, wait a minute, this isn't the money. It's too. It's- oh, you, you are wrong. Oh my yeah, God, what is wrong with you? Actually, it would be funny if Russell. I am shocked and appalled. I'm shocked and appalled. Yeah, yeah, shocker again. Another Scooby Doo mystery. So totally solved. So, hey, Scooby, what are you gonna do? So, but jokes on Earl because. Fuck Earl. Yeah, fuck dumbass. Earl, because Russell breaks free and stabs Earl on the shoulder, and then the car goes around and swerves, and then pulls over to the side, and Russell takes big penis uh, Earl, head. Oh yeah, <laughs> and like duct tapes him to the to the to the, to the passenger side. Right, like, right. Like he even like straps his neck against the seat. Yeah. And then Russell decides to like you know go fast and then quickly break, and it's like choking. He's like, tell me where she is. Like, fuck you. Oh no, fuck me. Fuck you. All of a sudden, puts the brakes on, and it's like, because of the of the of of the you know of the force of gravity, it's like because he duct tapes Earl's neck to the chair, the 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 back brace of it. It's like causing him to choke and everything. He's like, all right, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. And then yeah, too late. And 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 he tells him that a warrant is going to be at this truck stop area, but suddenly. Uh, Sheriff um, Boyd, played by Rex Lynn, shows up and sees Russell, who's carrying a gun. All right. Was, yeah. It, 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 that was in the truck, the pickup truck. All right. And, of course, he's telling Russell, put the gun down. And Russell t- does it very nicely. And he's like, but come on. He's trying to tell the sheriff, dude, listen, this is the one of the guys that's kidnapped my wife. <laughs> yes. Course, Nobody believes course, him. Yeah, and of course, while that's going on, Earl manages to break free and pull out a little mini pistol he's got hidden in his boot and, and shoot uh, the sheriff in the in the in the chest. All right. And, and then, of course, Jeff has to jumps down the, the side of the road and he signs the gun that he threw over there and grabs it and he's going to try to shoot um, Earl, but then Earl gets shot by the poli- by the sheriff. Right. Right. So, so now Russell's character goes. To the truck stop, and this has to be like without question. This is what I'm talking about when I say how if this was made today, it would all be CGI crap. Uh-huh. But this was back in the day when you had the you, you had the cordon off streets, you stunt people, you know, right, using creative camera work, and you know, to create a, a an excellent hair raising scene like this. So basically, Russell's character shows up to the truck at the, the at the truck stop. He sees J.T. Walsh's character on right. the payphone. Walsh is concerned because Earl hasn't shown up and they have no idea what's going on. So he tells his buddies, his, his, his two henchmen, you know, uh, Billy and Al, suspend operations and meet me back at home, basically, at the home base. So, right. so uh, Warren gets in this big, you know, big trailer truck. Right. And Russell's character chases after him and then literally jumps underneath the trailer and like is holding on for dear life while it's while it's dry down <laughs> and then he's got to like climb on the side so he can get over on the back of the 
of the actual truck. And there's a scene in there where like a kid is watching them in the car window. Right, right. Trying to like, you know, and, it, and it, it's a really J.G. Cool Walsh's kid. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no it wasn't J.G. Walsh. It was somebody else's kid. Okay. But it was a random kid in the car. But it's just such an excellent hair raising scene because it just feels so real. It, 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 again, no CGI as far as I can tell in this sequence. It's all stunts. It's all so well done, you know. Right, right. <laughs> Walsh's character has no idea what's going on. So eventually it's like late. Well, I guess you could say it's like 12 at midnight or whatever, or maybe right, early right. in the morning. And Walsh's character, no, and JT Walsh's character arrives home. It's like at some like country farm out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, he's got a wife and kid. So right. like you said, dual personalities. He's right. not the bad guy, but he's also uh, happily, also the, happily uh, married with, with, you know, he's, he's, he's white picket fence kind of thing. Yeah. 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 And so, and then Russell breaks into the barn. And as it turns out, this isn't, I, I love this. It's like once when he gets inside the barn, he sees all this junk, all this stuff that, Warren and his right, right. stole from other people. So they've so, been their characters have been doing this like for a long time. Right. They, 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 they've been kidnapping and uh and, and, and extorting and, money and extorting you know. for for decades basically. Because yeah. you, you look at it, you see TVs, you see VCRs, you see cameras, all the cameras you see all these uh, things that are expensive uh equipment eventually over the years and but they've just kind of kidnapped. So they definitely were running a racket for quite a while. Yeah. And, 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 and of course, Russell's up in the top of the barn watching and he's like trying to figure out what they're up to. And there's a moment where they back the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the truck, the trailer truck into the, uh, into the barn. And right. There was a there was a compartment under it that has his wife Amy in it, and at first they think she's dead because she's not responding. Right. And Russell's getting very very emotional about it. Right. And then, He's like, oh crap! Oh crap! Oh crap! Yeah. Oh crap! And you then know. they 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 grab Amy's body, which is covered in like tarp, out of there, and then they suddenly she like revives, and they're like, and then Walsh and his two buddies are like laughing, like, oh my god. Yeah, like, like, you could have fooled us, man. Oh, that, that's pretty funny. Ha 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 ha! You know. Yeah, yeah. So then they lock her under in in, they in this put, freezer. Yeah, uh, in this freezer underneath but, the barn attic. <laughs> which is weird because it's it's in the it's it's in the it's underneath the floor. It's about probably eight to ten feet underneath the floor of the barn. Yeah. Then underneath a hatch that's locked with a freezer. Like now. Here's the thing, and we're going to get to it very, very shortly. Um, the, the thing is that uh, how, you know, that doesn't surprise the wife per se that this that this thing is there. No, I, I totally, I totally understand having a deep freezer in the middle of nowhere to 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 to, to, to for meat and for whatever it is to have it in the barn. That's perfectly not logical. Perfectly a, a okay, one hundred percent. However. When you realize the deep freezer is in this ten to twelve foot bunker, <laughs> that doesn't concern you. Well, it's quite possible. It, it doesn't seem we, surprising. From, I'm, what I, we, from what we find out later on, it seems like the wifey had no idea. Oh, I, I, totally, totally, she did not. She did not. But I'm like, I'm like, but there, is, but there is a moment where you feel like she did. She yeah. Does when, when we'll get to that part. But like, yeah, but you are correct. It seems kind of odd how they have this set up. It also feels like something that should be in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Kind of a, a little bit. It's a little Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> so, so of course, uh, they lock it up, 
and they they leave the barn but jeff is like trying to get to break open the lock but he can't get it open because it's like it's it's like really tight it's so it's tight yeah well i mean like there's no bolt cutters in that barn and he tries using a crowbar doesn't work he even tries using a hammer and it breaks the wooden handle off so so he finally decides i'm gonna have to go in there that that, that's gonna seem really big steel real tough steel yeah right so he pretty much surmises i'm gonna have to go inside there and get those keys which is what he does he goes inside there um and i believe he grabs like a a gun from one of the cars. Right. The he he, he, so, fi- he finds in the car. Yeah. Yeah. He finds in the truck. So but then, here, no, but now here's the thing. If I find a gun in a car that's in the thing, wouldn't I want to shoot the lock with the gun? No, because then they would have heard that and they would have come and running all the way down. Mm. And who knows if the lock wouldn't have came off. So now he's going to have to shoot these people. Okay. It seems like Russell's character. It seems like Russell's character. If you think about it, really doesn't want to actually actually kill people in this damn thing. But no, I, I get it. I get. It. I'm just trying to think of how he could blow the lock off yeah, with the. Yeah, yeah. He found the gun. I'm like, yeah. well, it's also that's also stuff they do in movies a little way too much. Just blow the lock off with the gun, and it's like, okay, does that really work? <laughs> just shooting a bullet inside of it unlock the the. The, the the tri-tumblers inside the lock. Who <laughs> I, knows? I, know. but I, I think it's a safe bet, but go on. <laughs> so and I, I love this part. So Russell just like goes inside the house real quiet and he hears Warren and his wife and the, the, his two buddies, Al and Billy, right. laughing it up about something. And he goes inside there with the gut. And I love how, you know, Billy sees Kurt coming in there and is just like slowly has that reaction like uh boss somebody's coming in here and then Walsh turns around and he's like telling him you know I I want my wife get my wife out of there right, right. now but what happens next Tim the, the little boy pulls a rifle on uh Mr. Kurt Russell yes and Kurt's telling him no you don't want to do that so I'm not here to hurt your mom I just want to get my wife I, I don't want to hurt you or hurt my hurt your, 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 your and mom I love it too you would think because of Mr. Family Man, J.T. Walsh's character, is, <laughs> he, would, he would try to defuse that situation in front of his no, wife. No, no. He's like, pull the trigger, son. Pull yeah, it. <laughs> he actually is goading his, and even the wife says, pull it, son. And I'm like, what the fuck? That, 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 that's why I have no remorse for the wife. It's, I don't either. But, that's, but, but at that point when I first saw this, I'm like, does she know about this? No, I mean, does, I mean, has this happened before? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because later on, when... Russell subdues them and gets the rifle away from the kid, which that's what he, that's what happens. He gets the spoiler. Rifle away from the kid. Yeah, they go into the barn and he tells you know um, them to unlock the the cellar door to the barn. Right, getting into the freezer and she seems oh, she seems very like oh this is brand new information. <laughs> yeah, this is perplexing. Why do you have this here? What's going on, honey? And the all. All J.T. Walsh's character can say is just very calmly, just unlock it, dear. And he and he does. And I love how when they open the freezer to get Kathleen Quinlan's character out, Walsh, the, the, the wife, is like trying to be like all nicey about it. And, and Kathleen's just like, get your hands off me. Get your hands off me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was great. I'm not right, saying it's bad. Right, I, right. I oh, yeah, it. yeah. I love it. And then, and then Russell tells him to get all, all of them to get under there in the attic. And I love how Walsh turns around and is trying to give him like this little fire and brimstone um uh threat and like before right he, right he finish it russell just like like roundhouse kicks him down the- <laughs> right and then locks everyone inside except for one person right 
Oh yeah, Billy. He manages to get away. They, they, so, so Russell Ru- Russell was able to uh, 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 coordinate everyone else except for one person, which is Billy, right? Correct. Right, right, right. Yes. So, Rus- so, so Jeff and Amy are trying to escape, and I love how every car they check has no keys in it. <laughs> you know, I mean, convenient, like, convenient. Yeah, but then again, why would you want to leave? Your, if I was you know, JT Walsh's character, like, why would I want to leave my keys in my car? You know? Right, right, <laughs> Who knows? right. Maybe right. somebody will come over here and steal this shit. So, so they see a, a trailer out there, which is supposedly where Billy or, or Al lives, the two henchmen. And they go out there and they find the keys. And then Billy, of course, breaks free Warren and the wife and Al and the kid. And, and then we see, I love it. It's like, once they find the keys, all of a sudden we see, Warren barreling down in that eight in that huge rig, right, right, right into that trailer, and then they, and then Russell and and uh, Quinlan's characters get into the truck, and they're like, "Start the car, start the car!" And then once they start, and they pull away, the the trailer just crashes through that <laughs> that little yeah. trailer. Oh yeah, that that thing is a mosh and a thousand pieces. I'm like, and like we gotta run, make a run for it. We gotta make a run for it. I'm like, uh, run where? And she's been in a freezer for I don't know how many hours, and she's you know. Well, uh, and, anyway. and, then, and then they're out in the road, and and, and uh, uh, Jeff and and uh, Amy are trying to escape, and of course they get the high speed chase sequence involving Warren uh, driving the truck. Of and, course, of course, and of course Billy and Al driving the two cars, and 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 I love how like there's other cars coming out of nowhere, and and, and we get this great stunt work of like. Of like Billy crashing and Al crashing. Oh, it's ex- there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of really cool explosions leading. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, and, and, yeah. and uh, everything leading up to this point. Yeah, yeah, and it is no action scene is complete without the classic car flips over and explodes. You know, but that's what makes these movies fun. And again, pre CGI, you know, this is the real shit. Right you know, now, no, 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 this, 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 this is this is where it kind of goes off the rails a little bit for me because yeah, I'm like I, you you can definitely tell the miniatures that were used in this. The, well, I mean, well, later when the, the bridge scene comes up, but, yes, but, we're but we're we're, we're close, we're close. But yes. it does go over the top in terms of like you know this feels like a scene that would be in like I don't know, Die the Hard, Dukes, the Duke, oh, oh, would, the, the Dukes of Hazard. Let's forget uh, Die Hard, the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, or maybe Cobra. Yeah, sure. Yeah, go on with it. Okay. But anyways, yeah, so there's this high-speed chase sequence, and then they come across a bridge, and um, J.T. Walsh's character is able to, like, crash into the truck, and then, uh, like, the, the, the trailer... Some very dramatic... There's a lot of dramatic elements that are, are yeah, following yeah, right are, now. That are hanging over the bridge, and I mean, like, and yeah... There's some miniature work in here, but it's not. It's actually pretty decent, you know. It's it's it's, it's not it's not it's not awful, but it's definitely noticeable. But go on. To give people an idea about miniatures, we're not talking like little toy cars. These are probably like built like I would say like almost the size of a desk, (laughs) you know. I mean, but kind of kind of kind of to scale, you know. Kind of scale. I mean, it's you know, truthfully, I'll take this over the again the CGI uh, bush league crap that's done today. You know, I mean, I missed uh, not to get off on this, but I miss the days where you actually shot movies on sets as opposed to today where they shoot everything on a green screen. And it's like, ah, this is phony as shit. So, right, right. So, right. I mean, I'll take the miniature work. Any oh, day. no, no, totally, totally. I'm just saying now, I, I noticed. Did, I'm just saying did, what I noticed. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. If they did this scene with Tonka toys, I would be like, bravo. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so. And of course, so 
Jeff Jeff gets out of the truck and he like gets into the trailer trailer and like and Warren and him are fighting and then they both fall out and they're like it's like this big over dramatic you know action sequence yeah exactly and, totally and then at one point Warren like grabs a chain and tries to like he wraps a trainer chain halfway around his own sleeve and then uses it to hit Kurt Russell's character with a Kurt grab in in perfect action mode even for the age that he was in then yeah. grabs the chain and then pulls it and it causes JT Walsh's character to go flying over the bridge and he's like ah! yeah, he, and then like, oh. hit, and then like land on the rock on the bottom and yeah, they yeah. think he's dead. He, he, he lands he, no he lands up perfectly placed bunch of rocks and yeah, it's like yeah. and he's like looking up at the truck but go on. Yeah yeah but well he at first he's it looks like he's dead. He's not moving. And then of course, you know, Jeff is able to get Amy out of the truck and they're like, oh, everything is, oh, we're safe. But then they look over the bridge and they see that JT Walsh's character is kind of like kind of moving life. Yeah. So, so what, Tim, you got to talk. All what right. So Ka- Ka- Kathleen Quinlan character goes over to the truck and she kicks the parking brake or she kicks the, the, the lock and it sends the fucking 18 wheeler crashing down on JT Walsh's character on oh, the rocks oh, yeah, and that, a big, beautiful explosion. Well, not really explosion, but just, it just crashes down there. Right. That, and I got to tell you, say what you want about that scene. It feels like it should be in some action movie as opposed to a thriller, but the oh, totally. On, the payoff on that is just excellent. I mean, oh, yeah. You can't look away from that and with your jaw just dropping to the floor and going, oh, my God. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, right. you know why they did that? Because they're like, nope, this guy has got to die. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he's no, no, because, you know, honestly, if there's going to be a sequel, he's not going to be in it. <laughs> yeah, I think that, and, and that worked out very well. Because... well in the end, yes. Yeah, and then, of course, you know, Amy and Jeff are okay. Of course, no cops show up, but, you know. No, of course really- not. Why, why would they? You know, yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's immaterial. <laughs> yeah, that's immaterial. But that's the end of Breakdown, which we did a complete breakdown of Breakdown. A breakdown. <laughs> yes. uh, I mean, yeah, I do. Yeah, so, yeah, no no questions from me. Uh, two thumbs up on my end. It's worth checking out. Yes, two thumbs you know, up on my end, too. Yeah, and Christopher, yeah. and, we got two thumbs up on this uh, film, Breakdown. Yeah, yeah, and real quick too. I know I haven't mentioned it, but another reason why it's great it's because of Kurt Russell. He totally, oh. he's just great in this movie. Well, here's he the just... thing. I I want to say Kurt Russell, Kathleen Quinlan, J.T. Walsh, M.C. Yeah, McGrady. Every yeah. everyone everyone does their part. I'm like, I was thorough. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Now, listen, real real quickly. Now, I you watch this uh, more recently than I did. I, I remember seeing this, and again, in 1997, 98, whenever it is, when it was first released, and then I didn't see it recently until you said something about this, right? Or we, we, yeah. Until we talked about this. So right. I'm like, it it was, it, it still holds up. It's great. There, there are certain things, I'm like, and it, it it's really, really well. So it holds up really, really well. So you give it two thumbs up. I give it two thumbs up. I actually have just six fun facts of Breakdown, and then we can awesome. move on to our next film. Okay, so six fun facts for Breakdown. Number one, when uh, Red, J.T. Walsh says to Jeff, Kurt Russell, at 49 minutes, Jeff, time to get the show on the road. It's exactly 49 minutes to the end of the movie. All right. (laughs) Number two, Kurt Russell was helicoptered in and out of the areas of shooting so he could be with his family in Los Angeles at night. His contract had a 12-hour turnaround, meaning Kurt had to be home for at least 12 hours before leaving again to go back to the set. 
a private car would pick up Kurt Russell at home and drive him to the airport where he would take a private jet to a regional airport nearest to where the crew was filming. Finally, a helicopter would bring Kurt from the regional airport right to his makeup trailer. The crew would film Kurt for an hour before launch and or at around 4 p.m. They would stop shooting when the helicopter would arrive to take Kurt home. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of schedule rearrangements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So number three, Reds. J.T. Walsh's 18-wheeler is visible in the background behind Earl. M.C. Gainey's when first approached Jeff at the gas station. So I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, I didn't notice that. So Hmm. if you go back and watch that, you can see the 18-wheeler there. Uh, Number four. This is the final film we talked about of J.T. Walsh's to be released in his lifetime. Yeah. Uh, Number five. Uh, Kurt Russell said J.T. Walsh might just be his favorite American actor. He recalls how both he and uh, Jonathan Masto had independently decided on who would play the trucker and were pleased to discover that they were thinking of Walsh. He's flawless. Nothing fake, nothing phony. Yep. I And again, that's the, the solid traits of really good character acting, too, because like I said, you know, I mean, he's he, you know, Walsh plays the bad guy as a bad guy. But right. like I said, totally he's not. It's not it's not like, you know, it's not it's not cartoonish and it's not like, you know, droll. It, it, it's he's every man. He he looks like someone that would be your neighbor, and it turns out he's kidnapping somebody's right, wife. Right, right. Like, oh. well, but honestly, honestly, like nineteen eighty four with what's his face playing the the cop, like they 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 they, they did such a fantastic job. Yeah, uh, they're they're totally wonderful character actors. Like I, I I have, there's nothing wrong with being a character actor. There's nothing. I mean, yeah, I, honestly, everybody wants to be a superstar, but character actors they they are what makes the world go round well, honestly I, I always maintain that uh, you know stars are one thing because you right. know but you have to also consider this too a major star does a film maybe like one or two per year you're right now a character actor might be nothing to you but consider this a character actor gets to be in more than one or two film a year oh, yeah. Or not just that, but you also got to consider television too, and in today's era of of Netflix series and everything yeah, like that. Everything, so that's yeah. what I mean when I say if Walsh were alive today, he would probably be very, very, very active. But also, like I said, yeah, he may not become a huge, huge star, but what the point with the character actor is, you're working continuously, so you will be making maybe not as much money as say maybe Kurt Russell made as the main star, but. Right. You know, but, but, you you're, will, but you're you will be making money. <laughs> you, you, but, but here's the thing: you yeah, you will you you'll be working consistently. You'll be you've got that resume. You've got that thing. You've got you've got everything going for you. I'm like, so there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with being and, a character actor. Other great thing about character actors: you have longevity. Oh well, yeah, and you can go to maybe amusement parks, go to different places without having to have a thousand people like. The sun on you, let's say like a Chris Pratt or like a Tom Cruise or, you know, whatever, you know. Well, but also another great thing about character actors, too, is that if you have the extensive training there, th- those really good character actors are the type where you don't have to give them a lot of direction. And yeah. most likely you'll probably be able to get their entire performance in one or two takes as right. opposed to the major star who, you know, might have forgotten his line or may not have necessarily been with it and they have to rely on the editing and everything but 
you'll be doing more than like two takes with them. <laughs> and you'll be sitting right. there going, holy shit, I should be casting the character actor in the lead role for this. <laughs> right. So anyway, now getting back to our sixth and final fun fact, Kurt Russell has starred with J.T. Walsh three times before in Tequila Sunrise from 1988, uh-huh. Backdraft from 1991, and Executive Decision from 1996. Oh, my God. So this is so, like a reunion. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it kind of reminds me of kind of like when uh, the the, uh, the character actors, uh, Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau, yeah. back in the, from what some some like it hot and they were all they were always buddies together then they did grumpy old men grumpy old men they did they did a bunch of different movies together i'm like it would have it would have been great if had jt walsh had lived he would have probably been in bone tomahawk with you know you know what that that's actually a very good astute observation i i, I bet you he would in some small part just because <laughs> so uh well, that was fun. Now let's head over to our intermission, and then we'll roll that trailer for Joyride from 2001. We'll be right back after these few moments with Christopher's stylish and sleek synopsis. You could pick me up in Colorado. We could have an adventure. You know, the two of us. You'd want that? How far would you go for the girl you've always wanted? Sexy choice. Vintage 1971. How much would you do for a brother in need? Thank you for coming. You're welcome. Eve. I'll drop him off in Denver. I'll see you tomorrow. Breaker one, man. This is like a prehistoric internet or something. Can you do a woman's voice? How much fun could you have? Hey there, this is Candy Candy. Who's this? Rusty Nail. If I were there, Rusty Nail, I'd make you feel good. This is turning me on. When the joke... I'll be at the Lone Star Motel. What room? Room 17. I can't wait. This is awesome! ...is now on you. We had a little incident here last night. The victim was staying in room 17. What happened to him? Ripped his jaw clean off. This fall. So you guys ready for an adventure or what? Everything you say. Candy cane. We saw what you did to that guy. You pathetic, lonely freak show. We'll come back to haunt you. You really should get that fixed. Get what fixed? That tail light. Everything you see is going to terrify you. Everything you hear. Who's the pretty girl? He's watching us! Is going to drive you. Go, go! 
over the edge. I'll leave it alone! Please! We'll do whatever you want! I want you two to head inside naked. So how does it feel to be the freak in the room? Hey, we're sorry! Why'd you do it? We're just for fun, just for a laugh. You don't feel like getting together in a motel later. Room 17, do not be one minute late. Don't open the door! Don't open the door! So you still good or need me to drive? Bricker Bricker One, good buddy. Take it away. Okay, yes, we're talking about Joyride from 2020. 2020 I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> ah, damn Already it. Already fucked it, it up. <laughs> All right, do it again. All right. Uh, Bricker One, Bricker One. You got your ears on, good buddy? Yep. We are talking about Joyride from 2001, directed by John Dahl and written by J.J. Abrams and Clay Tarver. All right. Uh, Joyride starts off in California, and we are introduced to Lewis Thomas, played by Paul Walker, who was on the phone talking to his old childhood friend, Verna, played by Lee Sobieski. Lily Sobieski. Oh, my goodness. Lily. Oh, my God. Just change that name. Anyways, Lewis (laughs) attempts to drive all the way down the color to all the way down to Colorado in his recently bought used car to pick up Verna as he has a crush on the old gal. But before that, Lewis is informed by his mother that his screw-up brother Fuller, played by Steve Zahn, has been arrested and being held on bail. So Lewis proceeds to foot the, bi- foot the bill for Fuller's bail release, and Fuller decides to tag along for the ride. So after Fuller manages to get a CB radio installed in Lewis's dumpy car, the two begin to listen in on the trucker talk. And because of that, the two brothers catch the attention of a trucker by the name of Rusty Nail. Fuller suggests to Lewis they play a little joke on Rusty Nail. Lewis speaks to Rusty Nail in a woman's voice, quote-unquote, and pretends to go under the sexy name of Candy Cane. (laughs) Late that night, Lewis and Fuller arrive at at a skeezy motel and witness some asshole middle-aged businessman giving the motel owner some attitude. So... What do Fuller and Lewis do? Why, they convince Rusty Nail to meet Candy Cane in room 17, which is the room that the asshole businessman is staying in. Well, sure enough, Rusty Nail arrives with a bottle of pink champagne, and the two brothers hear a brief scuffle occur in room 17. So the very next day, Lewis and Fuller discover that Rusty Nail not only beat the shit out of the businessman, but Rusty managed to rip the businessman's jaw straight off and leave the poor dude out in the highway. After admitting their little prank to the local police, Lewis and Fuller are told by the law to be out of the, co- be out of the county by sunup. But that's not the end of the two brothers' problems, as Rusty Nail manages to be on their tail, and he's out for revenge for being made a fool out of. Yes, so that's uh, Rus- Jess Joyride. Actually, they should have called this movie Rusty Nail. I think that would have been <laughs> well. But, um, yeah, you know, this actually does make a great double feature with um, Breakdown because it's such a great compare and contrast compare and contrasting you know breakdown is really like a um um it's more of a mature version of the uh, the uh, thriller uh movie and then you got a film like joyride which is a little more immature but i <laughs> but I, had ne- I i okay so i never really saw this movie until recent but i did hear about it and i i'm certain i do remember the film's release back in 2001 but it's funny I was at my other job and somebody was telling me about this movie, the the candy cane 
you know, candy cane, candy cane, candy cane. And then, but the person forgot what the original title was. So he referred to it as something else. And I think he did refer to it as wrong turn. So oh, that's, well, that's a definitive movie. Yeah, I, I know, I know. So, so, kind of the same premise, with, you know, car, you know, people on the road get, getting into crazy mishaps with uh, deranged psycho killers, but yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, saw this movie, like, on Monday, and, you know, it was all right. I didn't hate it. I mean, but <laughs> I couldn't help but chuckle through some of it because of the whole situation these two characters get into. But yeah, it's not a bad movie. It, it's yeah. all right. I mean, it, but like I said, it's more of the immature version of Breakdown. Because, right. And, yeah. for, and for me, it's the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, I can forgive some of the flaws and kind of overlook that, gloss over that, because I, I like the chemistry between the three leads, um, yeah. uh, especially between uh, Steven Zahn's character and Paul Walker's character. I thought they made the perfect... A brother combo and then you throw in a Lily Sobieski halfway through the film uh, and they've got like this kind of like quasi love triangle kind of thing going on which they don't really pursue right um, and I, I really enjoyed that and then you throw in the, the trucker which they think they've ditched during the middle of the movie because they left town and they've got they ditched to CB radio and um, yeah I, I, I just I thoroughly enjoyed this film I remember seeing this in the theater I remember going I remember walking into like a that, not AMC, but whatever, an AMC type theater but, uh, in Bolingbrook, um, right off the highway. It's probably changed hands twice now, but anyway, I remember going in there and it was a Friday night and it was, we, I had just been uh, married or whatever it was and we were looking for something to do. And we, we like, we, it's one of the, it was one of those times where it was like, you, you, you just kind of like were bumming around. You didn't know, uh, we, let's go see something. It's Friday night, you know, like it's the perfect honeymoon movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, this is, this is way after that, but I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and, and it was my first marriage. So that doesn't really matter. So <laughs> the, the starter marriage Post honeymoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we're, we're we were just, we were, we were young and just kind of, just kind of like just bumming around. Just like, well, what are we going to do? And then we're, we're with a bunch of, uh, you know, other family members who are probably younger than us. And like, well, let's go see this movie. Oh, it's got so-and-so. I'm like, oh, and I remember Paul, this is before Paul Walker got famous with the Fast and the Furious. I believe this, and I believe the only time I've seen him before was probably in a movie called Pleasantville with Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, I'm this like, was when, this was when Paul Walker was in like, was in movies like uh <laughs> i know saying this is going to be so horrible but this is when paul walker was known for being in movies like tammy and the t-rex oh okay <laughs> yeah right so but but before he really really made it big and i'm like and i remember steven zahn being in a movie from that thing you do with tom hanks and i'm like and i really i really liked uh his I really like that actor and i'm like okay and i liked and i and i had a, and i really did have a crush on lily sobieski back in the late 90s so i'm like okay well you know what? i'll give it a shot i don't know too much about it i was working a lot so i'm like I didn't really see a lot of trailers. I saw the poster. I'm like, okay, give it a shot. I, I went in there with an open mind and just kind of like, you know, kind of boredom. I'm like, oh, this is a lot of fun. And then I, I got on DVD and then, I, then I, it sat on my shelf for a few years, remember, over a decade or more. And I'm like, well, and then we started up this podcast. I'm like, I really want to revisit, revisit this film, but it's got to be with the right double feature. It's got to be the right episode, right? And then we had other things going, and we had other th things we wanted to do first. I'm like, but this film was always kind of nagging me. And I'm like, we got to do it one day. And I'm like, and then I was watching uh, a uh, Amazon one day, and I'm like, oh, fucking breakdown. Oh, 
this makes sense. Okay. You know, and then I'm thinking, this is the end of last year when we were, we were in the midst of our other episodes. I'm like, okay, sometime next year, we're going to definitely do this. So here we are, <laughs> you know, uh, about 15 years later. <laughs> But I, I digress. Uh, I really, I, I like. Obviously, I like this more, uh, this film more than you did. Uh, I, like I said, I forgive a lot of the, uh, um, the, the, the flaws. Um, but I, I really thoroughly enjoyed this character. That uh, all you're doing is chasing this voice, this rusty nails voice, yeah. and um, and there's a character uh, who plays a sheriff, and he's only has the screen time of maybe two minutes. Uh, played by a great character actor, Jim Beaver, who was uh, was in also Supernatural as Bobby Singer, and he was also in Deadwood. He's been in a thousand different TV shows and movies he over the years. He looks like he would have been a holdover as one of the deputies in uh, Breakdown as well. Yeah, <laughs> but, and he, but he's got the perfect old curmudgeon, you know, like, you know, I got too much shit to deal with. You guys are fucking up my shit. You know, just get the fuck out before I arrest you, you know. And, and, I, and I dig that, so... Uh, but, uh, but getting back to the beginning. All right, Christopher, we, we get, uh, uh Lewis, he's talking to Vena on, uh, a landline. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. By the way, this movie is so 2001 uh, it, 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 or uh, 1999 to 2001. Yeah. 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 Well, those years kind of did bifurcate together a little bit, but, but. And it's funny, too, when I was watching this, you know, I'm like, wow, you know, talk about blast from the past landlines and uh, man, not much talk about the Internet. And uh, (laughs) because there wasn't. (laughs) Yeah. And not barely any cell phone usage. And, uh, you know, most of the calls are coming from pay phones and shit. You know, I mean, it it fits perfectly with Breakdown because Breakdown had a a brick cell phone. That, yeah, and, and payphones. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had a brick cell phone, but it barely got any usage. So I mean, yeah, but yeah. So he's talking to his his girl, and as we can tell, yes, he's 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 infatuated with her. He loves her, and blah 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 blah. But so he decides he's going to drive down to um, Colorado because he's all the way out in California, and and and, and to pick her up, and they're going to they're going home to was it is it pittsburgh or where, where, some, some or, something like or mid, that I mean, some midwestern town right or midwest yeah, yeah. probably because she, anyways, she she mentions like she needs to decompress after a breakup and she needs to she doesn't want to deal with all the stuff she just wants a time to vent and apparently it's gonna take a couple days trip anyway but go on so and uh so he decides he's gonna buy this used car and i forget the model of the car Was oh it's a it? it's a 71 Oh, hold on. It's a 71. Hey, I know this. Uh, I keep yapping. Hold on. 71. Uh, 71 Camaro. No, 71, uh, 71. Oh, no. 71 Chrysler Newport. Oh, Chrysler Newport. Okay, yes. By the way, the car in there was not bad. It looked like even for a used car, it was held up pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> Until they happened. blew it up. <laughs> well, 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 that's what happens later. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll say that for the yeah. The ending. So spoiler. <laughs> right, right. So then, and then, so then he's getting that ready, and then he gets a call, and then um, he calls home. Call, yeah, he calls home, and his mom. They're just talking, and then she tells him, "Oh, by the way, since you're driving down here, just letting you know, you're you're fuck, fuck up, up older older brother. Yeah, <laughs> he's your in jail. Older brother Fuller, played by Steve Zahn, is like in jail. In in jail, he's being held and for fighting in a fighting in a bar. <laughs> right, and I guess. 
you know, um, Lewis is like, well, should I go pick him up? And the mom's like, yeah, you know, you, it's okay. You don't have to. But what does he do, Tim? So he's driving down the road. And he's, he's got this inner, inner monologue going. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. He throws a, a U-turn and then goes in the other direction and promptly gets pulled over by the police. <laughs> and he tries to talk his way out of a ticket saying, um, you know, th- that this, that, that illegal U-turn they just pulled was a, uh, was a good deed to help out his older fuck up brother that he's trying to bail him out of jail. And he's like, and the officer's like, okay, well, I got to let you go because you got a broken taillight. He's like, I have one of those. <laughs> uh, yeah. They come with a car standard. <laughs> uh, I love that though. Whenever you get pulled over for a broken taillight, how do you, you don't know about it until somebody tells you about yeah, it. I mean, not, I mean, everybody gets, not everybody gets out of the garage and goes to their car and starts it up and puts a brick on the brake and goes in the back and makes sure I hope my taillight's working. <laughs> or of course on the emergency flashes. Yeah. I mean, now when I worked, uh, uh secu- when I worked in security for our trucks, you know, we had to do a, do a, a, a check and make sure all the lights are working. But I mean, who does that in their own, in their own, in their own personal vehicles? You don't, you just get in and yeah. drive, you know, yeah, especially when you're late for work. It's like, I gotta go to work. Damn it. Come yes, on. Yes. Yes. Like Who gives a shit? Yes. <laughs> I, I would, I would, I, but I will say this. I will say it's very important if all of them were out, but, <laughs> yeah. if one, but if one of them was out, it's like, well, the other one works. So <laughs> I understand the law. I'm not trying right. to play stupid so, here. But, but, but my thing is the, guy, the, the dude makes an illegal U-turn. Even if his blinker was working, <laughs> it wouldn't matter. Yeah, illegal U-turn. Illegal, illegal is illegal no matter if you signal or not. <laughs> but I digress. So he goes <laughs> but, and- but that but that blinker comes up in uh comes up later in the film. So FYI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 interesting way how it comes up, even though it's kind of sort of like, you know, I wonder how he figured this out. We'll, we'll get to that. But anyways, yeah. so so um, Lewis goes and goes to pick up Fuller, and we're introduced to his character, and he's a bit of a smart ass and making unnecessary comments and jokes about certain things and because he's the funny one <laughs> yeah yeah now they haven't as i can recall they haven't the lewis and fuller haven't seen each other in quite a while so yeah it's, it's been about i want to say they said but between five years or more or something like that yeah they make it but they make it sound like they haven't seen each other like since birth almost because <laughs> right. they're looking at each other like hey man how how are you doing? And it's like, yeah, how are you doing? <laughs> well, if, yeah. if, if he hasn't seen him since, let's say he's in his, what, maybe second or third year of college and it's been five years. So he maybe he hasn't seen him since he was a junior in high school. Maybe, eh, you know, it's, it could be, you know, that's, yeah, it it's, it's, it's plausible. It's fine. But, I'm not saying it wasn't, pl- I'm just saying yeah. the way how they presented right, it. Right, right. It seemed like, like. I haven't seen you in years. Yeah, I was just overseas for 25 years, man, or something like that. I'm sorry, what? Right. <laughs> Don't you even have a picture of your brother? <laughs> but, any, but anyway, so they they go out. The, no, so they they, they Lewis is gonna was gonna drop him off somewhere, but yeah, I guess. Um, Fuller's like, where where are you going? Fuller doesn't have a plan. He doesn't care. He's just yeah. So he just tags along for the ride. Yeah. Much much to Lewis's chagrin, he doesn't yeah. really want to do it. Right. So, um, oh yeah. So they actually go stop at this podunk garage to get something like repaired on the car, and then uh, Fuller manages to uh, get a good price on a CB radio. Forty bucks installed. It's like the yeah. prehistoric internet. <laughs> yeah. And what's interesting about it is now 
did they get that so they can like keep a lookout for cops? Because they were talking about that. No, they, 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 I think they were just he Fuller was just bored and he wanted something to do. So he, yeah. but they, that's what they ended up using it for. That's if you if, right because like not a minute, two minutes later within the film, uh, they're they're. Uh, was it he uses the uh the handle was it uh, uh black bear or what was it what was this yeah title? and they're talking like uh, code speed. right right <laughs> it's like you see any uh bears from your front porch you know basically looking like are you look do you see any cops out there he goes and then a trucker responds something like um what did he say oh yeah there's a uh there's a kojak with a kodak uh you know about 40 miles down the road and or something like that and then he's like all right so he goes and so then uh was it uh, Paul Walker's character turns to Steven's eyes? Like, what does that mean? He's like, well, you can speed for the next day, you know, 30 miles or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so feel free to fucking let it go, you know? So I, I, I did like that aspect. I, I do like trucker speak because I think it's kind of, it's like a different language. It's like really kind of cool. I'm like, uh, I don't know, but I, I'm well, kind of. Plus, you can always watch that uh, '70s movie Convoy, where they're all talking. right, or BJ and the Bear, or yeah, Smokey yeah. and the Bandit, or any of those, you know. God damn it. Anyways, no, no, but um. But, to a lesser extent, Dukes of Hazard. that's your thing. But, but, but point this out to everybody. Yes, folks, pre-internet, there was no Blackberries. There was no iPhones. There was – the internet was kind of sort of not really in its infancy, but still sort of – It was uh, – there were no laptops that you could just automatically buy for a hundred or 150 bucks at a Best Buy right. at that point. And then, you know, and there, I don't think there was any wireless internet at no, that time. There was there? No, 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 no. In 2001, I can remember this distinctly because I had my first apartment, everything you, you could still, you could buy a, a, a laptop and, I, and yeah. it was roughly about, about two or 300 bucks. But it wasn't a wireless. No, it was not. No, no, no. It was not wireless. You had to plug it into your, your, um, your, your, where your, your phone cable goes into, yep. you know, and it was AOL. It was dial up because I, rem I remember distinctly going to college of page and having to submit some papers online, but I had to unplug my phone, plug in my computer, wait for go, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> All that, all, all that wonderful stuff that you hear on our intro, uh, yeah, and it, it took roughly about five minutes before I could actually, you know, log on to the internet to send my paper. But I digress. Continuing on, yes, internet was <laughs> infinite, yeah. internet was just in its infancy, you yeah, know. But what I was going to say is, so you know, how what better way to entertain yourself in the car but get a CB radio? I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, because then we get a yeah. montage of that too, but where they're you yeah, just yeah. right. You know. So they're so they're still driving. And then eventually, uh, Fuller uh, manages to get uh, Rusty Nail, a trucker, on on the on the, on the radio, and he decides, you know, okay, well, we're going to have some fun with this. Now, I don't know, Tim. Um, you don't think anything possibly wrong could go from? Absolutely this? not, Christopher. No I mean, way. I mean, what are the I mean, chances? I mean, come oh, on. I, I don't know. And if it does go wrong, how did it go wrong? Again, Scooby Doo mystery. I mean, I mean, I. I, I but anyways. So, so, so they're they're on this long stretch of road going to pick up v uh, Venna, and yeah, they, yeah. They, and they and, and honestly, they're bored. I'm sure they only have an AM radio, and it picks up nothing but religious radio. You know, I'm just I'm just shooting a guess, right? So they're just. They're, they're bored. They're looking out the window and they're like, well, he goes, hey, remember we should prank phone calls, people? And remember back in high school, when you could do that girl's voice and we could do this and blah, blah, blah. He's like, yep, yeah, he back goes, in the day when there was no such thing as caller ID. Right, right. Or star 69 or any of that wonderful yeah. shit. Although, although if you bought burner phones, you'd be, probably be able to get away with it. Okay, well, that that's way out. So, yeah. But that's, yeah. that's way down in the future, folks. Right, right. <laughs> or in the past now. But however you want to look at it. Yes, yes. 
But anyway, so like, remember when you prank called, you know, so-and-so the high school teacher? He was like, goes, dude, I was like 10 years old. And I sounded like a woman. He's like, I bet you can still do a woman's voice. And, and, you know, they're going back and forth. And this is what I love is it's total like big brother, little brother, sibling kind of like bullshit. Like it means it means nothing in a larger scheme of things other than it shows like this shared history, this camaraderie, and this like uh, thing. And uh, no matter good or bad or otherwise, it's there, the, the chemistry. And and so he ends up doing a voice and he goes, because what was Steven Zahn's character's name? It was, uh, was it was it Black Bear or Mama Bear or no, it was. Um, I, I, I think it was Black Bear. Black Bear. I, he I goes, forget what name yeah, he was. Oh, oh, yeah. He goes, uh, this is Black Bear sitting next to uh, Mama's boy because <laughs> he called him Mama's boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and <laughs> that, that, then it quickly turned to Candy Cane. He goes, this is, uh, this is, uh, uh, was it, uh, yeah, Black Bear, and I'm sitting next, and he 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 wants to meet Candy Cane. So now now they're fucking with everyone out there, can within a four three to five mile radius of this radio frequency, and they're like, uh, and they're like, oh, you know, oh, you know, hello, Black Bear, this is Candy Cane. Won't you meet me at so and so, and we can just get together. I'm like, and then <laughs> Steven Zahn's character turns up, he's like, oh God, you're so your voice is so good, you're starting to make, turn me on. <laughs> Which was kind of weird, <laughs> but well, then yeah. So the, going on. No, no, no. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. no I, so, yeah. so they, so, um, Lewis does his candy cane voice. Yeah. You know, and, and by the way, it's interesting. He does the voice, but it's it it's it's so silly. Right. It's not wholly convincing as a woman's voice, but mm -hmm. it is funny. You yeah. know, and he's going. Oh hi, I'm Candy Cane. You know, I mean, like, oh my god, <laughs> I was just laughing. And I think to myself, there's no way Rusty Nail would believe this sounds like a woman's voice. But you do realize uh, truckers have a heart on, and they're not—they're not necessarily the brightest bulb in the, you know, the pumpkin yeah, patch. Yeah. So, or at least Rusty Nail isn't. And well, what do you know? He believes that uh, this is a real woman, and you know, of course, Lewis and his Candy Cane impersonation voice teases him and then um talking about how maybe they should get together and then eventually yeah they lose oh, contact with rusty nail right because of some rainstorm and or something like that they go through some sort of canyon and i remember there was a, a distinct thing it was like because well if you're sitting next to me what would you do to me and well you know it's just you me and the windshield which is a, a throwback now if you remember when it was venna talking to fuller before he left for college because he was going to fly back home and he traded in his airline ticket to buy this used car uh yeah. she's like it's just you me and a windshield for like three days it'd be it'd be great just to reconnect and just kind of decompress and blah blah blah. so she uses that so he now he uses that same exact line on rusty nails or like saying in this like fantasy kind of like situation where it's like it's just you mean the windshield rusty nails what would we do you know blah 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 so yeah so i just wanted to, to bring that up as we're continuing down this road of uh of joyride so go on chris continue on sir so so now they end up at this like really skeezy type motel that you know and table rock is. whatever it is yeah. yeah 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 that that probably hasn't been redesigned in like 30 years or whatever since the 80s <laughs> yeah since their first shit maybe the 60s um and uh the no tell motel <laughs> yeah, yep so um uh fuller goes inside and he's gonna oh, try to get but get it should a, be 
but it should be made. They, they pull into a handicap spot, and full, oh yeah, and, 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 and Lewis is like, "We're not gonna, we're not gonna pull in the handicap spot." He's like, "There's plenty of spaces." He goes, "Exactly, there's plenty of spaces around. Don't worry, I'm gonna gimp it." I'm like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" I know. For a minute there, I was like, "What do you mean by gimp it?" And then we see the light shot of him like gimping on the road. You know, like he's got like, like uh, a, a dead leg or something like yeah. Like, uh, okay, okay. So, no shame, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, so Fuller goes inside and he's gonna try to get a room, but this middle-aged semi-balding businessman racist <laughs> businessman yeah, he, he, well yeah, he, he, yeah oh. he, he, does, he does say some pretty nasty things to the, yes to the, to i want to talk to the manager the white one i'm like oh yeah. jesus here we go and, 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 and by the way <laughs> the guy running the running the hotel the motel isn't black he was mexican or, 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 or i thought it was more indian but yes oh yeah or maybe more yeah. oh no i'm sorry indian, indian. yes indian right indian. Indian. Yeah. but anyways so uh, and of course, the businessman when he turns around to leave, he bumps into Fuller, and you know the, you know the guy right. says something to him like, you like, know, get the fuck out of my way or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So Fuller is uh, busy, you know, just trying yeah. to get the get a room. <laughs> He's and like, the... yeah, go on, yeah, no, go oh. on, go on, yeah, yeah. He was like, no, and then in the meantime, Lewis is in the car, and then suddenly Candy, uh, sorry, Rusty Neal comes on. Right. Asking for candy cane. Oh, but and... real, 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 real quick. I just before we get into the, he goes there. He's like, because the guy was the old middle-aged man was complaining to the, the uh, being very racist and derogatory towards this, the the night clerk or the manager because they kept bringing towels to his room, extra towels. Oh, and, oh yeah. And, and Fuller's like, I love extra towels. You give me all the towels you want. I love towels. And then when he goes out to Fuller. Uh, when Fuller goes out to Lewis, he's like, did you see that asshole? He totally body checked me on the way out. He deserves some sort of payback. And that's when Rusty Nails comes up. But going yeah, yeah, on. Yeah. Yes, yes. Go well, on. Yeah. So then so then Fuller gets the bright idea because he notices the room that the racist businessman goes into, which yeah. is, I think, room 17. So Fuller decides, you know, or convinces Lewis to do the candy cane voice. Right. Get Rusty Nail to come over to the motel to meet her in room 17, <laughs> which uh -huh. is what they do. Oh, and they request him to bring pink champagne. Yes, it's my yeah. it's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. So after the bait has been the, the trap has been set, right? Lewis and Fuller are sitting in their motel room. Which is right next to, to to room seventeen. Yeah, they're room they're what eighteen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're just waiting. They're just waiting. Yeah, for midnight. Yeah. yeah. So then, it happens. They now they don't look out the window necessarily. I mean, I think one of them does, but they don't get to see who Rusty Nail looks like. They just hear they they hear the semi pull up. Yeah. Yeah. So they hear the semi pull up. They hear Rusty Nail getting out of the, the semi and walking up to the door of room seventeen and knocking on the door. And then there's this great shot where. Um, uh, Lewis and uh, Fuller are like leaning against the wall next to the room next to them just right. to listen and they hear the businessman you know getting all pissed off and say what's going on and walks over there and they yeah. hear Rusty Neal say I don't need to wear goddamn towels <laughs> yeah yeah is there, a, is there a candy cane here and he goes what who the fuck is getting you know, and, then the, and then the door closes and you hear muffled sh shouting and like moving around and you hear like a you know, and, 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 and a lap break and probably some other shit. Yeah. 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 But then suddenly Lewis and Fuller are not finding the situation as funny as they thought it was, but 
they can't do anything about it because then they can't go in there and find out because if they do, it'll, you know, reveal the fact that they were responsible for setting up the prank. And so they kind of just like, let it go. Like, okay, maybe. Well, they, they, they do call the front desk. Oh yeah. They call the front desk and they tell them, Hey, can you um, check on room 17? Yeah. We, yeah. We, we heard, we heard, we heard uh, something in distress. We just want to make sure they're okay. Something like that. So they, so they call and it turns out, yeah. Uh, they picked up the phone and said everything is okay. So they're like, "Oh, all right." But Which who is funny. said everything is okay? Yeah, that's funny. It's like, was it the was it the the asshole businessman or was it Rusty Nail? I mean, like, come on. You know, it wasn't the businessman. It's kind of hard to talk when your jaws ripped off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, spoiler but... alert. Yeah. No, <laughs> Ooh, sorry. It was not. It was not the asshole businessman. It was Rusty Nail. So. <laughs> I love the way how you said it, like like an '80s surfer dude. Like I know, again, mystery. Like, dude, (laughs) come on, dude, it was Rusty Nail. (laughs) Like what? (laughs) No way, way. (laughs) Now we all. Now we're both Louis Spicoli. I know. Yeah, we're gonna go catch some waves, man. Way, man, (laughs) tubular. (laughs) Oh God, it hurts to talk like my voice like that. But so anyway, moving on. (laughs) The next day, next the next day, uh, Lewis and um, Fuller find discover that uh, there's some police outside in there. Yeah, Fuller's outside talking to uh, the cops, (laughs) and Lewis is like, he sees him from the the, like the window, like, oh, what the fuck is going on? What did you do now? (laughs) So it turns out that the guy next door to him, the asshole businessman, um. Well, you know, nothing serious. Just his he's body a, was found. Yeah, he he's alive-ish. <laughs> yeah, it's just his body was found out by the highway with his jaw ripped open. Yeah, and of course we get to see. It. I love how the cops they they suspect these dudes have something to do with it, or they know something. So they're they gonna bring, bring them to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, they bring them to the hospital. Is that is that normal? Is that normal? Is that normal uh, standard practices for people? No, I don't think it is at all. I'm like, but, oh yeah, but, it's it's effective. But go on, yeah, to, to freak them effective. out. Yeah, so, so it freaked them out to the extent that they do reveal to the police. And this is the part of the movie where I was kind of like, okay, well. We talked about this before we recorded, yeah. but so basically, I'll let you. I'll, so Tim, yeah. I'll let you tell him. So, right. so set it up for me. The, yeah. Okay. So they tell the the sheriff what happened, and what does the sheriff decide to do, Tim? He's like, "You two knuckleheads, get this guy in my town with his jaw ripped off." Basically, just uh, the the the, uh, uh, the guy who plays the sheriff. His name is Jim Beaver. He's a great character actor. He's from. Uh, he was in Supernatural as a. Uh, um, as Bobby Singer, he's been in Deadwood as one of the uh, excavators. Uh, he, the guy is just an amazing actor, but he plays as uh, embittered, like, like sheriff that is up to his eyeballs and shit. And these two assholes just heaped another pile of crap on their on his plate. And he's like, and he goes, and you, you, and he's pointing at uh, Fuller. He's like, and you've been out of what prison a, a day, <laughs> and you want to go back, you know? And he's like, he's like, look. We're going to deal with this when I get to it. But he's like, I want you two out of my town by such. Basically, I'm I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, I want you two out of my town, basically by sundown, or I'm going to throw your asses so far under the jail, you're going to have to dig up to see sunlight, basically. You know, like, you know. But I love it when when the sheriff, it it cuts to 
it cut when it cuts from the hospital to when they're sitting there. The sheriff has this ton of paperwork he slams on the desk. Yeah. And I thought for a moment there. It was Rusty Nail's paperwork. Yeah, this is a file on Rusty Nail. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I have all these reports that I got to go through about twenty cases, and he goes, and now you're the twenty first. <laughs> on top of it, or something like that, you know. Right, and right. Like, oh my god, and then, and, and and then, but this is the part where I was kind of like, wait, what? It's like he says, I got so much to go through, I can't waste my time with you. I'm like, yeah, but wait a minute, some guy got his jaw ripped off, I, I, and these guys might know something about it, and you're just gonna let them go, right? County. Oh, by the way, um, you look like you're pretty well equipped with deputies and whatnot yeah. shouldn't well, are we, we put one of them on the case and maybe i don't know and, and maybe and, not let these guys go maybe get a cb radio and try to get in touch with rusty nail and that's no that's you know, that's that's too productive chris that's too, way too productive they're not gonna i know for these cops i mean yeah. I, I don't want to go back and they, they may catch it. they may catch the killer within 20 minutes and then we wouldn't have a movie <laughs> But then the killer gets away somehow, and then he's back in the truck, and he's gonna go after the, and he's gonna go after the two dummies that made him. You know, I mean, I mean, look, I, I get it, but Christopher, you know we revo- review horror movies for you know our pastime, right? Oh yeah. And I, and oh, yeah. I, but, but what I was gonna say is, yeah. look, I know, I know, we, this has been a slight running gag with us. I know the cops, I know the police officers in Blood Feast and the Wizard of Gore weren't. Like the most proactive individual, and any other horror movie you want to right. talk about. But in comparison <laughs> to that, those guys actually did focus on the case. Right, <laughs> there but... was a crazy murderer on the loose, and they were like, and even the though they were nep, they tried. <laughs> yes, they tried. Jim uh, Beaver's but... character is literally saying, "I don't want to have anything to do with." I'm, you. I'm not Get doing this anymore. But basically, I quit. That's what he's saying. Is I quit. Yeah, um, he basically says, "I'm going to just." Keep collecting the taxpayer money while you two kids leave town. <laughs> and do not make any more work for me. <laughs> and the other thing was, we talked about this before we right. recorded, but the... Um, the, the deputy, or... The, the dep- the, yeah, yeah. With, Brian, with a toothpick, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think his name was uh, Brian Lechner. Yeah. Oh, he, been, he he was fantastic. I liked him a lot, yeah, too. For... He should have been in more of the movie. He should have been yeah. like me. He should have probably have told like the sheriff, "Hey, look, I'm gonna need to get some time off and everything." And the sheriff says, "Fine, take time off. I don't give a shit." Or, or, or the sheriff assi- yeah, basically assigns because he's like, "Look, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am too and, busy for this shit. You take it, Brian." <laughs> and, and, and then have Brian go like, like undercover co-op shit and just you know covert ops and uh, go follow these guys and then get a lead on Rusty Nail, you know. Right. But that would be but that would be too easy. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, the story's moving along just fine. I'm just yeah. saying, like, right. When you, when you look at the way how that went, it's like, wait, so you got these guys who might know something about this, but you're going to let them go. But then again, you're going to not investigate Rusty Nail and try to figure this shit out. And, and by the way, those 20 pages of paper you got there, that's probably just petty misdemeanors going on. <laughs> I mean, this, yeah. is, this is like an actual murder attempt. <laughs> yeah, there, 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 there's nothing um, major going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, a liquor store robbery? I mean, come on. Just tell the owner, next time it happens, just pull the gun out and shoot him. Do half the job right. for him. You got a guy in a coma with his jaw ripped off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like... And by the way, if the guy gets out of the coma and discovers that the cops aren't doing anything, lawsuit city. <laughs> so, but I mean, what's you know. but Chris?
course, what's he gonna say? Uh, uh but yeah. <laughs> never mind. But if he, but if he can write, yes. Can write paper. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, so shut up, Chris. <laughs> so basically, so <laughs> I know. So Lewis and Fuller managed to get out, and of course. Fuller is all upset. Like, you told the cops everything? Blah, 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 blah. You know, like, ah, why would like, you do that? Because <laughs> I was feeling guilty. The man is in a coma. He's at, at death's door. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, yeah, he might have been a piece of sh- a real asshole, a piece of shit, but we didn't intend for him to be put in a coma. Yeah. So so they get their shit from the hotel, and they leave, and then they're on the road, and then suddenly, Tim... Candy cane. Yep. Candy cane. Has anybody Rusty, seen Candy Cane? <laughs> yeah, so Rusty Neal is a calling. So now finally, uh, Lewis is like, you know what? I, I can't keep up the fucking facade anymore. And he sa- finally reveals to him, look, the whole thing was a joke. No. It was, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. but by the way, the cops are going to be looking for you because you almost killed mm-hmm. somebody. Oh, yeah. And then you Fuller, need to see a psychiatrist with medication. Yeah, Fuller based- just, instead of instead of. Letting, letting nice guy Paul Walker handle the situation. Yeah, no, he goes he goes totally ape shit and loses his yeah, cool. Fuller, Steve Zahn's character decides to just grab the radio and get may, may, say his piece. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, and that made it so much worse. <laughs> yeah, because what does Rusty Neal say at the end of that? He's like, <clears throat> it's a shame you should really get the tail light fixed. Bum, 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 bum. Bum. <laughs> now I gotta say though, how how did Rusty Neal figure out that was them? You know, well, okay. The car. I will say this. I think, and this is just me thinking out loud. So they 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 call uh, uh, Paul Walker and and Stephen Zahn's characters make that the call is come up to that hotel, the hotel motel up at Table Rock, whatever it is, room seventeen, right? right? And and they're next door. They probably didn't. Park, they probably parked their car right next to their room. Right now, but now, but now, okay. but, but now they, but now those 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 walls are paper thin, right? So when they call the manager to have them check in the room, he probably he probably gets a a, a, um, a hint at that. Now, what happens later on when he starts figuring out everyone's names and stuff like that? That's a different story. I don't. I don't know. I don't have any. I don't have a plausible. You know, explanation for that. I mean, it is but, possible too that Rusty Neal slept out in his truck by the motel, didn't want to get a room, woke up the next day while the cops were there, saw yeah. the two dudes being talked. Saw that's true too. Yeah, being talked to, kind of put you know two and two together, and like, okay, here we go. But I mean, but the way how it's a big reveal. If you don't think about that, the, if you don't consider that movie logic shit, you know. You will be asking yourself, how the hell did he know that it was them inside that car? I mean, right, you know, right. But now that you now that you laid the foundation of what that might be, yeah, okay, I guess it does make a little more sense. It's a little but, more plausible, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so now, now that you really have to stretch for that one, but I, I'm gonna right. I'm gonna go with it. Right, right, right. <laughs> I was gonna probably put it in jail for that one, but now that you gave you gave a possible explanation why I'll I'll I'll, I'll cut it some slack. So okay. anyways, so anyways, so. So now they're panicking, like, "Oh my God, how does he know it's us?" And he's like right behind them, and mm-hmm. so they they take and they're on the, they're on the road with a bunch of trucks, not just one truck, but about four or five different ones. So yeah. yeah, so they so they take a turn and they end up at a gas station and they manage to lose Rusty Nail and uh, you know um, um, Fuller is out pumping the gas while Lewis well, goes inside. He's going to use the payphone to call the, the sheriff. Yeah. Oh yeah, which by the way, Tim. 
What happens when he calls the sheriff? Uh, it goes to voicemail. <laughs> it goes, goes to an answering machine. Service, yeah. <laughs> like, yes, he's not in right now. Please leave a message. You're like, well, because oh, okay. yeah, yeah, it's it's really late at night, and you know that sheriff is not working past five o'clock in the evening anyway. So <laughs> it would have been funny if it said, "Thank you for calling. Unfortunately, sheriff so and so cannot take your call because he has finally decided that he is no longer capable or, doing or, the job." Or, 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 or like the prowler, he's on a fishing trip. <laughs> yeah. He's on a fishing trip. Oh, come on. He'll what be back that? on Monday at 8 a.m. <laughs> if time permits. Yeah. And, uh, and so, and there's a moment where there is an ice truck that comes up. Right. And they, now this is, I understand what they were trying to do. They were so panicky that they weren't sure who, who, who Rusty Neal would be. Right. But, you know, it's kind of given, it was kind of given, it was kind of shown that, Rusty Neal is going to be in this big fucking pick, big fucking 18, you know, wheeler. Yeah, not not an ice truck. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I love how Fuller is like over panicking about it. Like he's like, no, it's him. It's him. Because the guy in the ice truck gets out of the truck. He's a a scary looking dude. (laughs) Yeah. But he also has this long club that he uses. And you see him whacking his tires. Yeah. It's a, they call it a thumper or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And Fuller is just watching him and he's all freaked out and he's like, no, no, he's going to go. And then suddenly Paul Walker comes running out and they get in the car and he's like, and um, Fuller is like, that's the dude, that's Rusty Neal. He's coming after you. I thought he was coming after you. And then suddenly the ice truck is following them right, all the way down these dirt roads and shit. And then they come up to like a, a dead end or, right. a, or a gate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dead end. Yeah, it's a dead end. Yeah, they say it's a well, dead it's end. It's kind of sort of a dead end, yeah. And the, the guy in the ice truck gets out Taps and on the glass. Taps on the glass, and then says to Paul Walker's character, "Hey is, man, you forgot this. Is this your Mastercard? <laughs> yeah, it's your credit card that he left inside the 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 gas station. And you know, Fuller is all like, there, there's a moment. Yeah, there's a moment of levity here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're all like, man. So like, I thought you were coming after us. And he goes. And the guy's like, "Why are you thinking that?" He goes, well, "What were you doing with that club?" And he goes, "I'm checking the pressure on my tires." Yeah, that, man. That, that's my that's my my tire thumper or whatever it is. Yeah, tire thumper. <laughs> which I thought that too when he was doing like, okay, I right. think he's just checking the pressure on his tires. Right, guys. but 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 <laughs> now, but now when the when the ice truck driver walks away, it, there's we're still in this moment of levity, and 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 uh, Steve Zahn's character turns to Paul Walker. He's like, "I've never felt like such. I never felt like such a bigger pussy right now." <laughs> So, oh, now, it was hilarious. I, I I thought that was funny as hell. But I did like this part. This part was really nice. So, so Paul Walker and um, Steve Zahn's characters are pretty much thinking they're out of the woods. They're just kind of, you know, laying back going, man, hope we um, hope we dodge that bullet with yeah. Rusty Neal. Yeah. Now, how do we get back to the main road? Yeah. Well, they look behind them. Yeah. And they hear what sounds like a big truck coming and they're like, what, like, because I because the ice truck, like, you, I, yeah, yeah, you hear the beeping of the ice truck, beep, 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 and you hear the, but then, yeah, you hear the uh, the truck, the the 18 wheeler barreling down, and what happens, yeah, and it, and it crashes right into that ice truck, and the ice, you know, the 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 the, the you know, the ice just goes flying up in the sky and right. everything. I mean, it, you know, it's like an explosion without the fire, you know, right. and it's just yeah. like and, an explosion so now, of ice. Now, <laughs> Yeah, so Rusty Neal is now barreling down after him, and and these two dummies get in their car and they're trying to escape him, but eventually they get stuck. They they crash into their car in the side of a tree and they get stuck. And then Rusty Neal pushes his truck up against it, about to crush them, and he tells them, 
well, you need to apologize. And then, and then all of a sudden they're like, pretty much they apologize. Yeah, it seems like, like, we're sorry, man. We're sorry. It was just a joke. It was just <laughs> a joke, man. It was just a joke. And then all of a sudden, Rusty and the elf just goes, oh, a joke. joke. Oh, oh. oh, why didn't you say so? And then all right. of a sudden he backs up. Let's the car go, and then the and the truck just backs up slowly into right, the I, darkness. Right, right, and I love how he turns off the lights, and it just it's like he's no longer there. <laughs> yeah, like it's almost out of a Stephen King story, right, you know? Yeah, it's like a ghost. It just right. goes back into the darkness, and right. and so now they have to go get their car repaired. <laughs> yeah, now they stop at another place, and what what does Stephen Zahn's character do after they repair the, the windshield and part of the door? He, they're, as they're flying down the road, he unscrews the uh, the CB radio and throws it out the window. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, enough of this shit. I don't want to do any more CB radio crap. So, so now, oh, that's yeah. it. Oh, that's it. No more rusty nails. The end. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, it was so funny when I was watching this. I'm like, wait, is this the end? I'm like, there's still there's still another half is? a movie to go. <laughs> I know because I was like, wait, is this it? And this is where I think, I think the movie slows down a little bit to a crawl on this one. Because it's like now it's it now it's Lewis and uh, Fuller go pick up Venna. We finally get to see Venna after about like oh, and we the see, movie and, for about forty minutes. Can, can, can I just say something? Lily Sobieski back in the day. I don't know what she looks oh, like yes. now. She you, she you was see a her? Cutie. Yeah, she had her her little tank top on and obviously no bra. Oh my god, she I'm was she was my dream girl back from I want to say ninety seven to about. 2002. <laughs> Let's just say, put it that way. <laughs> it's a shame there were no nude scenes in this movie. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, I, she reminded me, actually, she reminded me of a young Helen Hunt back in the day. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, oh, wow. go, continuing so you're on. Me, so you're telling me she would have worked for Charlie Band at some point, right? Probably. Entry answers. <laughs> yeah. 54. <laughs> back at it. <laughs> so anyways, yeah. So, and, you know, it gives us time to kind of like know the characters a little more but i have to be honest i also feel like this really slows the film down i was thinking to myself it would have been so much better if you know they they got there in the first act of the movie and picked verna up and then if she was involved in the whole candy cane thing and whatnot because, like I said, it just feels like we're slowing down to a crawl now. It's like, okay, so... I, I kind of get that. Um, well, but, I mean, like, it's just because it's like, okay, so now we're introduced to Verna, you know, and, and, and we're going through this back-and-forth aspect of Lewis having a crush on Verna. Right. And then, and then Fuller now kind of sort of catching Verna's... Uh, Ver, I'm sorry, Venna's eye. Her name is Venna, not Verna. Yeah. Venna's eye. And now there's a possibility where maybe she'll fall in love with him, maybe, or maybe not. They, they, like, they, they do tease that a little bit, yes. They, they tease it, and I'm like, ah, uh, you know, uh, really slowing this movie down. Yeah. Like, there's a moment where they're in a bar, yeah. and one of the these these three dudes, they're just, like, hitting on Venna, and they're being real assholes about it. And, and Paul Walker is kind of, like, in the corner wondering what he should do. And then um, Fuller comes out, and pretends that she's with him and go, yo, what are you doing? What are you doing, bitch? What yeah, are you yeah. doing with get, get back to my I'm table, like, bitch. Shut your mouth. What yeah, are you, yeah. I'm like, he, I'm he's like, basically saving your bacon. Yes. Yeah. But I'm kind of like sitting there going, how, cause it, I, I was just like sitting there going, how is that really helping her? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, yeah. the scene just felt kind of needless. It was yeah. like, okay, 
Like I, I would have loved it more if it was a bar fight that broke out, but you know, I mean, <laughs> right. I, I get what they were trying to do, but yeah, I, I felt like the, the, the tease of a possible love triangle between these three, the, between the two brothers and her was kind of like a little off putting. I did like the fact that they were, um, that they started off in the bar to try to try to show some, um, camaraderie and, and, and basically give that same kind of like chemistry between what Lewis and uh, Fuller had before they had uh, run into Rusty Nails. Now that Rusty Nails is over, they're like, okay, they can kind of relax, put their guard down a little bit, have a few drinks, you know, and continue on in the morning. Uh, yeah, I, 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 did, I did feel the that, that scene I kind of liked. I, I thought that showed Fuller was – you know, even though he was kind of a fuck up, he was always there to stand up for his friends and his brother and whoever else. But the following scenes, I thought were just kind of it was very off putting. Well, the other to me. problem is I I didn't really like much the the teasing of the possible love interest no. between between Fuller and oh no I didn't like uh, it either Venna because I'm like well the first thing I'm thinking to myself is yeah you know look let's let's contrast characters here okay Lewis is going to be the we all know he's going to go to college and be the successful one. Yeah. So why are we so why are we now interested in Fuller, the fuck up everyday brother that uh, we all know for a fact will never hold down a real job? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and is interesting because he's funny, but he's not interesting because he's, you know, very active or productive. No, so, I mean, no. so why would Venna fall for this dude unless she's one of those gals that just likes falling for men that are like, you know, you know, just the ba- out there. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really, really, yeah, I wouldn't really consider him a bad boy either. He's kind of just, he's just kind of a moron. <laughs> yeah, a moron. And a yeah. Fuck up. I mean, yeah. come on, don't take. This is a rule of advice for ladies out there, please. Don't date fuck ups because what's going to happen when you date fuck ups? They're going to fuck up your life too, and then right. you're going to have things so, like. You well, know, a baby, and you know, right. I mean, come on. So, so what? What I didn't mind is, I didn't mind the bar scene. I thought, I thought he, he did well with trying to restore his honor, try to save her ass and his brother's ass without anybody getting into a fight. I didn't like the following scene where they're at the motel and there's like that's definitely almost like a meet cute where he, they're trying to get get her in her door and she drops the key and yep. I, I I really I thought that was very off putting I didn't I didn't I didn't like it I'm like you guys are brothers and like you just said I'm like it just it doesn't work it doesn't match it doesn't fit she's not going to go out with this guy she's not going to find this guy mildly attractive because. Uh, you know, not that, not that Paul Walker's his, his characteristics are more in line with her her characteristics. I'm like, it just didn't work. Yeah, unless you know they they what they could have done it. They they could have hinted that the reason why her previous uh, relationship with this other guy that she broke up mm-hmm. with didn't work out was because once again she made a bad choice. Turns out the dude was just like just like Fuller, a yeah. fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> That's possible never, too. Yeah, but we never know. It is, yeah, I guess the, the, it's slightly yeah, it's it's very, it's very ambiguous. She she says that on the phone when before at the beginning of the movie, she's like, it's like he was like looking at me like he he knew me and he got me, but he so really didn't know me or get me. I'm like, and then she was like, and then he then he started to cry, and that was a big turnoff. And he's like, and then he goes, you made him cry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but but go going getting back into the present right now or the yeah, so, right now in the film. So, so Lewis is like in his room by himself, sleeping, uh, sleeping to... off the hangover or the, the yeah, booze. Yeah. 
Well, don't worry. What happens next? Sober your ass up real quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's almost like, what? I was supposed to be drunk? Oh, no, no, no. Now I'm active. Uh, no. It, so Can I go phone... back to being drunk, please? <laughs> yeah, so the phone rings, and he picks it up, and then it turns out, who's on the phone, Tim? Well, I do believe it's Rusty Nail. <laughs> oh, shocker. I do declare. Shocker. It gives me the vapors. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, Rusty Nail's on the phone, and he goes, I thought you didn't have candy cane with you or something like that. Yeah, because right. apparently he's been watching them and he sees Ver- Venna. Yeah. So now, Lewis and... And, Ru- and and why is your brother in the hotel with candy cane? Right, right. <laughs> so now Lewis runs into the right. runs into the other room and finds um, Fuller, Fuller and, 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 the, and they're just... They're not even doing anything. They're right. just, like, talking. Right, but, but he's pissed that. now. He's pissed. Well, he's like... no. Well, he's not pissed because they're together. He's pissed because Rusty Nail is on their tail, man. Right. But but he's also, he's like, because what is your older brother doing with Venna or Candy Cane in the other room? He goes, he goes and Rusty said, what are you doing in here with Venna? He's like, and that's a really good fucking question, Fuller. Why are you in here with her? I'm like, because we got to go now. <laughs> yeah. And of course, Venna's like, what is going on? Who is Rusty Nail? And he's like, and, then that's the and, she's, and she's like, like, she's like, I just paid for this room. Is Am I supposed to be scared or something like that? And he goes, he goes, yeah, a little more than usual. Yeah. And, <laughs> Fuller. See, that's what, and that's what I mean when I say when they introduce her character in the mid half of the movie, it feels like, so what? Now they got to explain who Rusty Nail is and all this shit. And they do, but it's explained by a cutaway. Right. So like once when they're in the car and they're driving, you know, she's like, are you kidding me? Is this is this why he's chasing you? You know, so they told her they finally right. fessed up. Well, but if if but, you think something's over, you're not going to really bring it back up just just for poops and giggles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, like, well, no, but I mean, like you know, I mean, yeah. that's why I kind of wish Venna was like in the, the beginning of the film. The yeah, okay. yeah, so that way yeah. We didn't have to do any like deep. But here's the thing: is if Venna was in the car with these two chuckleheads, she would probably say that's a really bad idea and not do it. Oh, I don't know <laughs> if she's the fun one. She'd be like, hey, maybe that is a good idea. <laughs> but anyway, so so now they're driving. And now, okay, this was a, a huge leap of faith. In oh yeah, I, I think I know. I think I know where you're going with yeah, and I, because, I and I found this to be very. I mean, uh, it, was neat. it was neat, but it was also very like. Eh, and, 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 I don't know. and 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 how do you do this? You know, like how do you? Yeah, but I mean, I know how you do it, but I'm like, without being. Uh, uh, so, but so they're, they're driving, and as they're, they're driving, speeding on the highway, yeah, yeah. And, and all the varying signs that come by, they uh, Paul Walker's character notices. No, no, it, it's Fuller because Vienna, oh, Fuller. Uh, Vienna. Now you got me doing Vienna oh, and, and 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 uh, and uh, not Fuller. Um, uh, who is it? Uh, uh, Paul Walker's character. What's his name? Lewis. Lewis are having this big conversation about what's going on, and Fuller is noticing the signs as they're going by each like green sign. Look. And then the next sign says in, the next sign says the, and then the next sign says trunk. And, and then then as he's continuing going on, the, the signs keep saying the same thing in case you miss it. <laughs> yeah, but also it mentions the name. I think it mentions one of their names. Oh, yeah, Lewis. Lewis. Yeah, Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. yeah. And, and now, again, it, it's such a huge leap because – so basically Rusty Nail spray-painted each word on these road signs for them to read. Well, number one um, – why would Rusty Neal think they would take this specific way to go back on the highway? I mean, what if they go the other way? And then not only that, but would would these characters be attentive enough to look at the signs? 
yeah. especially if they're panicking. That's I true. It's, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is a huge. It's a huge leap of faith. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, and I mean, it's a nice touch, but it's like, uh, I don't know, man. It would have been so much better if there was a envelope in the car with the back end of it with a wax symbol on it, and the the front side of the note saying "Open me." <laughs> I mean, I would have, I would have been like, okay. Yeah, yeah. It, that it, would not have been as, as de- actually, in, in my per- personal opinion, a lot less effort. Or you know, you know, or, or, or you know, I, even that, not a letter, because but a big like a, even a sign is in the car that says "Look in the trunk," basically as they're driving down the road. But, that, that, but here's the thing: is they could probably have looked in the trunk where they saw the sign in the um, in, in the in the parking lot, uh, and I don't think it would have oh, the same yeah. effect. But because they're, they're traveling down the road in the middle of nowhere at seventy miles or eighty miles or hundred miles an hour. Um, uh, and then they have to pull over to the side of the road. The, I get that that impact. Yeah, I just I don't know how you would make that uh, more plausible. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get I get what you're saying. Because what happens if they turn off the road after it said "Look in the" or "Look in"? Maybe maybe they had to get gas. Maybe they they, they took a dirt road somewhere. Maybe they just got off the highway. You know. Yeah. Or, so, you know, but it, anyway. it, it, like I said, it's a nice touch, but at the same time, it's like yeah, leap of faith. But right. Exactly. Anyway, so they they notice that. This message that they get is saying, look in the trunk. Lewis. So, <laughs> Lewis. So they pull over. Oh, and of course, uh, Fuller points that out. He says, no, guys, I think he wants us to look in the trunk. Why are you saying that? Because that's what the signs are saying. Right. So, like, and then they say, well, it could be a bomb in the trunk. He's like, no, it couldn't be a bomb. Well, it could be that dead. It could be a dead body. It could be this. It could be that. I'm like, oh, shit. And then the, Venna just says, you know what? I'll do it. And she just opens the yeah. trunk. She opens the trunk up, and then what's inside the trunk there, Tim? Oh, it's that CB radio that Fuller threw out the uh, window at uh, seventy miles an hour. Which, by the way, you throw that you throw a CB radio out the window at seventy miles an hour, and it crashes against the concrete. It's gonna be, it's gonna be destroyed. But somehow this yeah. thing is, it's it's the black box of CB radios. <laughs> yeah, unless Rusty Neal fixed it himself, which yeah, I don't or, know. Or got know. another one. It's yeah, you know. But anyway, he goes to the store and says, hey, can you get me a CB radio that looks like this? <laughs> it's dented, but, you know, if it works. <laughs> so now, OK, so now basically they talk to Rusty Nail and Rusty knows who they all are. Yeah. And, he, you know, he basically tells them, you know, we're going to have to settle this. Otherwise, I'm going to keep following you guys. Mm-hmm. until." so. He gives them some instructions, so they pull over to a, a large truck stop area, restaurant diner, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Stop. And what and, and what does uh, Rusty Neal have them do? And, well, he instructs Fuller and Lewis to strip till they're naked, and then go into this particular diner and sit at the counter and order six cheeseburgers or twelve cheeseburgers. I think it's twelve six tur- cheeseburgers a piece, twelve tur- cheeseburgers total, right? And, yeah, and and to sit there. And uh, basically do this because he wants them to feel the humiliation that he felt going to room 17 and um, and being stood up and being made a fool of. Uh, Which is interesting because, yes, in as much as you as much as Rusty Neal was stood up and made a fool out of. That doesn't exclude the fact that uh, Rusty Neal tried to murder the guy. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And so, so these these two brothers are now butt ass naked with uh, their cowboy hats covering their uh, their junk or their hats, you know. No, no, and, they, no, no, they didn't even have any hats. Oh, they oh, they, oh that's right. They're, never mind their hats, their hands. Uh, and 
the manager comes up. He goes, he's like, you guys, is, is this a, a college uh, you know, fraternity prank because you guys got to get out of here. <laughs> and, 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 and I love it too. They're walking in there and people are just like, oh my God. And everything. And there's that. And they're snickering, of... girls snickering. Yeah. And there's actually a couple of shots where some of the women are looking at him like, oh. Well, ooh. Hey, yeah, ooh. <laughs> I'll have what he's having. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's funny. The, the manager comes up and says, guys, is this a college fraternity fr- prank? I don't need this today. Can you just get out of I don't, here? I don't have to call the cops, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and but then I think one of them is like, no, you should call the cops because there's a guy out there that's going to try to kill us. Right. But of course, nobody is like listening to them. They're just right. like, no, sorry. Yeah, they, they just think they're crazy. And then, but then you hear, uh, then uh, honk the horn twice, and you know, and that was a signal uh, previously saying, "Okay, we're gonna run out to the car and then get the hell out of here if you know yeah. if you're in danger or whatever." Uh, so they 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 leave, and Rusty nails you. All you hear is him laughing manically over the uh, CB radio, and now um, they're in the car, and he's like, he's got a couple of more different kind of um, tasks for them to complete. To be even, I, I suppose. Well, the next task they have to complete is they have to go meet him in this area, this which, right, which which is like this big cornfield but the, area. But, but the reason why they're doing that is because why? Because remember, uh, uh, v- v- Vienna. Not, uh, now, now you're me doing it. Is it Vienna? Venna. Venna. No, it's v- yeah, Venna. Venna. Sorry, Venna has a college friend that we meet briefly. Oh, and, yes, and, that's and, right. And, and he he has he he has kidnapped Charlotte. Vienna's or Vienna's friend, and is going to played kill by her. Jess, yeah, played by Jessica Bowman. Yes, and she's the college friend. Yeah, right. And and she was kidnapped by Rusty by Rusty Nails. Nails. So now this is why they have to complete these tasks, or he's going to kill her. Um. So yeah. So they they have to go drive in the, in the middle of this cornfield, right? I believe that the, the directions were to go in the middle of nowhere, right? Yeah, yeah. But then when they get there, suddenly they're they're forced to split up because Rusty Neal comes driving his truck at them and then they go running into the cornfield. Right. And, then, well, with, and then Rusty Neal drives his truck into the cornfield. <laughs> right. And, and, and tracks him down. But what, he, what he says is he goes, okay, now that you've reached a, your destination, I want you to get out and walk 100 yards or 100 feet from the car uh, or something like that. It was 100 feet or 100 yards. And then there's going to be something there at the end of the that 100 feet or 100 yards. And, there wasn't, and that's when the car comes. That's when the truck comes barreling down, and you, like you said, separates them. So you got Fuller running in one direction, and then Lewis and Vienna are running in the uh, or Vienna running in the other direction. And he's, but here, here, you know, for me, here's the thing: it's like you're, you're going in a cornfield, and it's dark, and you're just and you're just mindlessly driving. Like you could, they could split up any which way you go. I'm like, I, I, I don't, I don't foresee how that would, how you'd find anyone if they were really truly trying to escape. How you could track one of them down, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Oh well, movie logic. So anyway, <laughs> so yeah, so they they get split up, and then eventually Venna gets abducted by right. Rusty Nail. Right. So now, now the they're bo- like, you know, holy shit, what are we gonna do? So Rusty Nail sets fire to. Um, I'm sorry, he damages the um the the car the, the, Lewis's car. Right. But. Before the car explodes into fire because of a gas leak, mm-hmm. they manage to talk to Rusty Nail on the CB radio. And Rusty Nail says, you're going to meet me at this motel at midnight in, at midnight in, you know, room. Uh, what did you say? Room seven, 17? Seven, seven, yeah, 17. 17. Such and such, you know, at midnight. Yeah. Oh, or and, and a bottle of pink, pink champagne. champagne. It's uh, my favorite. And it was or, 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 or if you don't make it there, by if you're one minute late, Venna dies, basically. 
Yeah. So they're about, I want to say, what, three to five miles, eight miles away from where they need to be to, to, to this place where the, and to this like downtown district. Right. And, uh, the hotels, they, there's about six different hotels. And so, uh, and they don't, I don't think they catch the name of the hotel. They just catch room 17 by midnight. One minute late, she's dead. So oh, yeah. And, and, and they've got the bottle of pink champagne. They had to steal a truck to get over there. Right. They had a hot fire truck. Yes, yes, right, yes. Right. And in the meantime, um, Rusty Neal is duct taping uh, Venna to a chair and then setting up a shotgun near her face with tape lined up by the doorknob. So that way, if the doorknob turns, it'll pull the trigger. It'll blow off Venna's head. And, you know, and, and that was actually a pretty creepy scene because I'm like, you know, I, I actually was like sitting there thinking to myself, you know, <laughs> I joking to myself going, wow, man, you know. Look, I know these guys made a fool out of you, but this is getting a little rough. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's like maybe one step too far. <laughs> yeah, 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 a bridge too far, buddy. Come on, you know. I, I think the, I think the nude prank that you pulled on them was good enough. <laughs> yeah, or blowing up their car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe kidnapping Charlotte. You know, I mean, you know, but this is like really like holy shit. So, um. So they're trying to find, you know, they're trying to find the right room. They keep going to each and every every motel, knocking on the door. And right. Like, well, well, the, yeah. And, and, and also, Rusty Nail at this time also places a call saying from, from I don't think he gives what hotel, but he just says a hotel room 17. Uh, I'd like to report a, ho- a homicide uh, of yeah. multiple people. Mm-hmm. Now, he's got all these cops like uh, closing in, I think, on all these different hotels, right? Or is it just one hotel, I think, right? Yeah. I think it's at the one hotel. Right, yeah. Right. Or no, wait, no, no, wait, no, no. They actually do corner some of the other hotels because they, he never revealed the room. Oh, no, wait. I'm yeah, trying to he remember. Never, he um, never revealed the room because the cops had to go to each door and knock. Right. Remember? Right. They had to go to each door and knock, and then there was like a moment. Okay, so let's just set this up before we get to that. So yeah. they find the right motel, and they go into room 17, but there's nobody in there. And then they realize, no. He set us up. He means room 18. 18. That was the room where we were in mm-hmm. when we pulled the prank on him. So, that's right. That's right. So it's the next room. But. Uh, they don't know which hotel. Well, no, 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 no. They're there. They're at oh, the actual oh, okay. hotel. This is, okay. This is after this they is find a different hotel. Yeah. This is the actual hotel. So they, they so Fuller says he's going to go in the back and see if he can find a window and see what's going on. So just wait right. You know, he's just like, so yeah. just like wait right there before you make the move. Mm-hmm. And he goes in there and Fuller breaks in. And he notices the setup about with the shotgun and everything. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly Rusty Neal, who's this big burly dude, we never see his face. We just hear his voice. Yeah. And attacks, see his, hand, his hands and arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Attacks Fuller and fights him. And Fuller's saying, don't open the door. Don't open the door. It's going to kill her, you know. And then. Yeah. He's, he's tossed out the window and impaled on a. Um... On a piece of barb, uh, a, 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 on a piece of wire, steel, yeah, steel, yeah, yeah. steel, steel, like a steak. Yeah. 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 So then. And his thigh. His right, thigh. So then, so then Lewis runs all the way back to the window and sees exactly what um, uh, Fuller was talking about. And he's going to try to rescue her. But that's when the cops arrive. When right. The cops, oh, that, yeah. The, the, now, yeah, the, the cops, yes. now the cops. They're going room. Yeah. They're going room to room, opening, right, right. kicking down no, the doors. They have no idea what room it is. They were just told what hotel it was, and mm-hmm. they said, you know, there's a reporting a murder at this hotel. Click, hangs the phone up. Mm-hmm. So the cops show up, and they're all knocking on the doors, and if nobody answers, they kick the door open. So now they come over to room 18, and 
Paul Walker's character has to run over and push Venna aside. And then when the door opens, the cops come, the, the shotgun blast goes off. And, and, but it hits and, the ceiling, yeah. Right. And then the cops are telling Paul Walker's character, you know, get your hands up, get your hands up. And he, and then, but then he's telling him, no, you need to go outside because uh, Rusty Nail is going to like run over my brother in this truck or whatever it was. Yeah. And then the, the cops run out there and they see the truck coming and the cops shoot at the truck and then, and then they get a fuller down and the truck crashes through the hotel. <laughs> yeah. Very that was nice, pretty, that was a really nice cool effect. Done. Yeah. Free CGI. Folks. Yes. So that yes. was very nicely done. And they, they kill the driver and they open the door and they discover Rusty Neal is dead and they discover Charlotte's and they're alive. And then. So all, 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 what was it? What's the old all, saying? All's well that ends well. well. Yeah. All, yeah. All's well that ends Except well. Except yes. there's a moment where when they show Rusty Neal's body, he's wearing a watch. Yes. That does not seem to belong to him. Mm-hmm. It probably belonged to Tim. Dun, dun, dun. The ice man, the ice truck driver. Yes. Somehow, Rusty Neal grabbed the ice truck driver's body, hit it, and then was going to use him as a decoy. <laughs> this is a little more like too intricately planned, considering how it's all been going down. <laughs> so it turns out Rusty Neal is not dead. He is still out there. And there's a moment where they hear Rusty Neal talking on the CB radio. Over the, the ambulance. ambulance, yes. Yeah. And, you know, he's just something like, that looks like it's going to be rain outside. I like the rain. It keeps everybody inside. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking of myself. I got to be honest, I didn't really like that ending that much. I would have rather it been Rusty Nail is just dead. He's killed. And all's well that ends well. I, 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 because it's like, so he went through this intricate plan that was kind of a bit of a leap of faith involving the signs. Right. And he also managed to, like, hold on to this dead ice truck body's in the car and you know and, and use him as a decoy i'm like i don't know it doesn't, yeah. really, it doesn't uh, really add up very well yeah. that, that that didn't that didn't bother me because i'm like oh well they're gonna I, i'm just like, oh yeah they're gonna do it for a sequel and it's like did they do one no well they they did two other ones uh they did uh um uh, uh, Joyride Two, Roadkill, and Joyride Three, something else. But it was, those were all directed videos, and they had nothing to deal with the other, the, the original film. Oh, really? So, so uh-huh. it was basically, basically, it was a, it was, it was a sequel and name only. You know, yeah. much oh, like, yeah. That, much that. like Deep Blue Sea. Um, uh, but um, what I enjoyed about that, what I liked, is that that the that these characters would still be, be living in fear as they're driving, finishing their drive, or on any highway. Uh, that this person's out there looming that could get them at any moment. Um, I, I, I kind of like that. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's a uh, joyride for you from 2001. Um, I enjoyed it. I always thought that was, it was one of my favorites. Uh, not not yeah, my it's, favorites. It's, it's you know. not bad. I, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah. So, issues so, aside, it is what it yeah, is. Yeah. Like I said, you, there's like we said, there's leaps of faith. There's things you, you tend to gloss over. And I, I really enjoyed this. I, I like, I think I liked this because it was before Paul Walker got really big uh, with the Fast and Furious franchises and, uh, or the franchise. And I just, I really, and I've always loved Steven Zahn. I always liked Lily Sobieski. I thought, I thought the chemistry between, the, the two leads and the three leads were, were great. Um, 
so yeah, th this one has a special place in my heart, flaws and all. So yeah, I give this one a thumbs up. What about you, Christopher? You know what? I'll give it a thumbs up because it is entertaining. It's not, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's not bad. It doesn't like, it doesn't tax your patience and it, and it does it, deliver, it, it does deliver the goods in a lot of ways. Right. So, so it, I will recommend it. Well, good, good. Yeah. Now I cannot speak now, of the other two films, so I don't know. <laughs> right. Now, like I said, if I had a choice between what would you recommend more, this movie or Breakdown, it's going to be Breakdown. But, fair, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I, I, I like both. I, I don't want to say I like both, but equally, but I like them. I like them the same for different reasons. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, well, I do believe that we have at least temporarily lost a psychotic truck driver, Rusty Nail. Uh, Chris, do you have anything left to say about Joyride before we head into my six fun facts? No, I think that's about it, man. Okay. Well, I have six little fun facts, and believe me, it was hard to nail down just six of them. But uh, there are, but I did this just for time constraints. Uh, number one, the speaking voice of Rusty Nail was provided by Ted Levine, uh, most famous for his portrayal of Buffalo Bill in The Silence of the Lambs from 1991. Um, number two, Lily Sobieski ended up filming two different romantic interludes, one with Steven Zahn and one with Paul Walker, during the shoot and reshooting of the film. Both scenes end up not getting uh, cut, or ended up getting cut, I should say. They both both scenes end up getting cut. Uh, number three, and this is where it comes back to what we were talking about earlier, Chris. This is just for you, buddy. Um, Joyride was renamed Roadkill because in the UK, since taking a joyride is not a pleasant journey, it is in the as it is in the states. Rather, the name for when the Rather than, I'm oh, sorry, uh, Joyride was renamed Roadkill in the UK since taking a joyride is not a pleasant journey as it is in the States. Rather, the name is for when youths steal cars and race each other and other cops, driving the things at high speeds and eventually either totaling them or setting them on fire and dumping the car. Similarly, in the film, similarly, the film is also renamed Roadkill in Australia. So, that's why it's not so. Joyride would not really work in Australia in the UK. Mm. And this, they should have done. They should have done an alternate version for the UK and Australian markets, where Paul Walker and uh, um, uh, Steve Zahn were two brothers that decided to steal a car. And yeah, then, yeah, right. And then get involved in. Right. <laughs> so yeah, this was. <laughs> the, 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 so these. So yeah. So in the UK, it was a. Uh, driving um uh illegal driving rings so that these guys would take the cars and drive at high speeds and you know either crash them or light them on fire and just be you know shits about it so <laughs> anyway number four in one scene the ice truck that that pulls in the same gas station the brothers pull into is a shout out to duel from 1971 the same year the car was released the chrysler newport uh, likewise, a truck driver pulls up to our hero, David Mann, and a small billboard for ice is visible in the background. So that's kind of a throwback to Duel. Uh, number five, there are three references to the Terminator. Hmm. Fuller tells Lewis, in a hundred years, I'll be dead. Sarah Connor's co-worker in the Terminator from 1984 told her something similar. In 100 years, who's going to care? Uh, the truck stop manager where Fuller and Lewis go inside naked was played by Robert Lewis. Uh, I'm sorry, Robert uh, Winley. Winley or, I'm sorry. was played by Robert Winley, the cigar biker in Terminator 2 Judgment Day from 91 who encounters a naked Terminator. <laughs> this was the final film before his passing of brain cancer 16 days after this film was released. The truck stop waitress is also played by Gwendolyn Deacon, who played the nurse in T2. So there you go. <laughs> now, finally, number six, between 1991 and 2001, during the original filming and the reshoots, which included changing the ending 
uh, a few times, there were several versions of the film which were shown in various test screenings over the course of two, the two-year-long production. Some, for example, included two different actors voicing Rusty Nails, uh, Stephen Shelley and Eric Roberts, and, and some didn't include the scene where Lewis and Fuller are forced to go naked in the diner. Instead, in those versions, after the scene where they and Venna realized that Rusty had kidnapped Charlotte, they were told to go to the cornfield as shown in the alternate Rusty Nail voice, and some didn't include the scene where Lewis and Fuller are forced to go naked in the diner. Instead, those versions, after the scene where, where they and Venna realized Rusty had kidnapped Charlotte, they are told by him to go to the cornfield, as shown in the alternate Rusty Nail voice actor's video on DVD and Blu-ray. Each version of the film would always get a great response from a test audience. So there you go. There are your six fun facts. It's a little hodgepodge, but that is par for the course with this film. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I have for fun facts. Uh, now, Christopher, it's time yes. to head into our mailroom segment. What? Yes. We've got, we've got mail? We've got social media responses. <laughs> well, okay, I mean, it's still technically mail. Yes, so. there you go. Off to the mailroom. to the mailroom first up so i made a post on our social media accounts through um my slasher app at tim at that horror guy and on our facebook page and our various other media outlets and i posted the first one i posted was the breakdown poster and i said uh we're doing some podcast homework today if you've seen this flick what were your thoughts so uh breakdown got quite a few responses one gentleman derek said killer movie underrated or no, it's a killer underrated movie. And I said, because it, it was. It is a killer underrated movie. Uh, Jim said, it's an interesting and fun thriller. Highly underrated. Seems like a lot of people I know don't know this one. Again, underrated. <laughs> Our, uh, Carson says, it's a great thriller. Carson says, it's a great thriller. James Courtney says, awesome. Matt chimes in saying, I remember when this came out. I thought it was pretty good. It keeps a nice pace. Scott chimes in saying, damn good movie. And Enrique says, badass movie. Uh, now going to my slasher app. Uh, they mention, let's see here. Hold on. Got three responses from my slasher app. A sackhead says, awesome movie. The scary shit is this type of thing probably happens more often than anyone would think. Which I can see that honestly happening uh, in the back roads of uh, bumfuck nowhere. You know, you're traveling yeah. from, mm -hmm. you know, a highly populated area to another highly populated area. And there's a lot of highway stretch in between. Uh, um, it reminds me of when my dad and I were going from uh, Illinois and we're going down to Curryville, Texas. And there is a lot of open road as a, I mean, when I was a kid traveling with my dad, there was a lot of open road, I'm like just tumbleweeds and cactus and cornfields and just shit for, for my, not a gas station for maybe 30, 40 fucking miles. I'm like, we're talking like the middle of fucking nowhere. And this is yeah, not with that stuff in the cell phone era. This is eighties. And, yeah. and that's why I believe that's why I'm, I'm, I'm not a gun nut, but I do believe conceal and carry. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, 
<laughs> doesn't mean you should start slinging lead, but I mean, it does mean you should be prepared. Yeah. <laughs> In case you get kidnapped by JT Walsh. Or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, then uh, DT Robinson chimes in and he says, uh, 90s action movies were generally pretty bad, especially ones with 80s action stars. This one is an exception. It holds up pretty well still. Uh, then Jason Jelliot says, really good movie. But what jackass is leaving their wife? I leave everything but her. It's my, it's all replaceable. Cars insured for theft. My wife doesn't stay behind. Period. But then there is. But then he goes. But then there is no movie. So, uh, Christian and I, and I talked about this very scenario um, off air, and we agree. <laughs> but <laughs> well, yeah, we agree. But you know, that's what someone would say if they were writing it, and they were like, "Ah, oh, this idea goes nowhere." And but but if it was me, I'd say, "Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, okay." Let's say that Kurt Russell and Kathleen Quinlan both did not go and they stuck around and then they found what the problem was and then they fix it. And then they're like trying and they're driving on the road and they're trying to surmise for themselves. How did that happen? How did someone, how did that come apart? How did that, that circuit come apart like that? Someone would have to go under there and take that off and, and then maybe have like the, those two guys in that, uh, you know, beat up pickup truck show up and, force them off the side of the road and then maybe like you said jt walsh's character shows up and quote unquote saves them but then the car is damaged so now they decide to go and then you know the kidnapping starts from there so yeah i mean you're technically you're right if they did not go there would be no story but you know the job of the writer is to uh, try to take that as far as they can take it so. but and, and and as i was and i was talking to chris off air i'm like we, we, also you got to factor in that these guys are frazzled they've been through a lot the car breakdown uh they've been kind of harassed by these um these hillbillies in the pickup truck they're not thinking in the right frame of mind so you're you're basically taking advantage of someone who's not clearly thinking using all their faculties all at once because you're like uh, because of, I think at one point Russell Kurt Russell's character says I'll go and you stay there, but that wouldn't be a, a, a good safe bet either way. Someone's got I would say someone's got to stay with the car, but or they don't really have to. But again, you're you're talking to these you're you're thinking like you're Monday quarterbacking this situation. You're you're backseat driver mm-hmm. to this. Like oh I would have done yeah. this differently. But at that moment in that time frame in that in those few precious moments where you have to make certain decisions. You're really not thinking clearly, and this guy seems to be like a, a swell guy, and the, the, there's a payphone at a diner, which is three miles down the road. It's not that far away. I mean, there there, there can be some uh, – there's a little wiggle room for you to, to not uh, be using all your faculties all at once, to think really yeah. – think this thing clearly all the way through. But I get, but I get, I get, but I get your meaning, yes. The car is insured. All this stuff is replaceable except your wife. Um yeah, it totally makes sense. But again, no movie, like you said. <laughs> oh, now uh, moving on to uh, Joyride. We only had one comment on this one, which was what? I was I was really surprised. Only one comment on this one, and uh, uh, it comes from Eddie. He goes, "Saw this movie like two days ago. Pretty good." Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I, I mean, I, there's not much I can say with that, but I agree, Eddie. It's pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. We both enjoyed it. Um, yeah, so that is our mailroom segment. So if you would like to be a part of a future mailroom segment, please do feel free to drop us a line through our uh, Facebook uh, Messenger app or through um, our email at thathorshowpodcast at gmail.com. We are always uh, willing to read and um, read your emails, responses, posts. Uh, we love it. Uh, and you could you could end up on a future episode. So there you go. 
Uh, now, Christopher, looking ahead to our next episode. Sorry. <clears throat> Sorry. Oh, man. A <clears throat> uh, little, little cotton mouth, guys. Sorry. Now, taking a look at our next month's episode. It's school time, kiddos. And we know we're running a little bit late and probably tardy. And we'll need a hall pass with this one. But we are packing up our backpacks and heading back to school with that back to school episode. The faculty loves its student bodies. So follow along with us as we review student bodies from 1981 and the faculty from, I believe, 1999. As always, you can send us a private message through our Facebook page, or you can follow us on, or you can follow me on that slasher app at Tim at that horror guy, or follow me on Instagram at Tim at that horror show podcast. And finally, you can email us again directly at that horror show podcast at gmail.com. So for Chris Koenig, I'm Tim Kaza. Thank you for making us a part of your podcasting listening routine. We hope you will join us again soon. Take care and have a great night. Good night, everyone. Thank you for listening to THSP Season 9. Oh, son of a bitch, 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 gun. You thought I was going to say son of a bitch, didn't you? That's all, folks.